Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Sideline Speaks with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Jason Collins and Kevin Walker, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. What's going on, K Walking Jay? All is well, all is well. Yeah, everything's good. Uh, K Walk, I got the uh, World Baseball Classic on behind me, man. So I'm trying to stay up with some baseball at night as well. Okay, I see it over there. I see it over there. <laughs> <laughs> proud of you, Jay. Proud of you. This is a monumental moment. We had to time stamp Indeed. this moment because uh, Jay does not watch baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Are you going to watch the Atlanta Braves like we agreed to last week? I'm going to root okay. for them, Britt. I don't know how much I'm actually going to watch, but I'm going to uh-huh. be cheering for them. <laughs> you, know, you know anybody that plays for the Braves? Um. No, I don't. <laughs> I could I couldn't name a player. If you said a name, I could probably say yes or no, but I can't name anybody off the top of my head. Nope. Hakuna, Hakuna Jr. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. Is that is that wrong? <laughs> no, it's right. You know what I'm oh, saying? Okay. She's like, yes. Oh okay. the way you said it. Okay. He's okay. a beast, man. Okay. He's a beast. Okay. Yeah, I do like I do like him. I actually forgot about him. Uh his yeah. name. I forgot how you say his yeah. name. And I thought mm-hmm. you were gonna say Kuna Matata. I was like, what? what are you talking oh, about? No, Kuna. Kuna Jr., man. That, that, he's a beast. He's a beast, man. Yeah, I do like him though. All right, guys. You guys ready to talk some sports? Let's do it. I just it. gotta warn y'all. I got a couple wild takes tonight, so y'all might y'all might think Uh-oh. I'm a little off on some of these topics tonight. But we'll, All right. we'll see. So Springs in the good. air. Springs in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Spring season, guys. Um, all right. So you know what? We're gonna start off with some NFL real quick because since the news announced, we haven't gotten the opportunity to talk about it. Although this news was announced last week, um, I want to come to the Dallas Cowboys and. Talk about how the Cowboys plan to release running back Ezekiel Elliott, make him a post-June first cut because it saves them more money if you just designate him to after per, uh, June 1st. Does he have anything else left in the tank? Okay, well, I'm going to come to you first. I, I don't know, Britt. I, I, I don't... I think I'm going to say yes. You know why? Because I think this is going to be a motivational thing for him, man. I think him getting Mm -hmm. cut is going to be a humbling uh, experience for him, for sure. A lot of people saw him, uh, you know, tapering off, you know, once he signed that contract, you know, a couple of years ago. And I always made jokes about him that that money's weighing him down. Um, I said, you guys said uh, <laughs> one thing, man. And it just looked like he got as soon as he as soon as he got paid, it just seems like, you know, he just he was no longer that same guy, that same hungry guy that we always see him. He's eating, he's eating, he's eating. But apparently he was eating off the field, not on the field. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, he'll get another shot. Someone will bring him in. He'll be motivated. Uh, I don't know how long it'll last over it, to be honest with you, but I think he'll get another shot. I think he'll be, again, uh, extra motivated. It's a humbling mm-hmm. experience for him, and he wants to keep it, uh, get back in the mix as well, especially with Saquon Barkley getting his uh, you know, his uh, franchise tag, and apparently it looks like they're going to extend him as well. And some of these other guys, Austin Eckler's out there as well, Josh Jacobs uh, from the Raiders. So, yeah, I think he's going to be mo- motivated. He'll get in the, in the camp. Um I can't tell you where exactly right now, but he'll he'll be in a camp uh, come uh, you know come sept- uh, August or September, and uh, he'll be back uh, in the grind. And I don't know how long it's going to last, though. But he'll be back for sure. What about you, Jay? What are your thoughts? You know, this is the team you've represented 
I was fully prepared to get on here and say Zeke is done, right? Like the, the life mm-hmm. of a running back is short anyway. Yeah. Zeke has been beat up over the years. Yeah. As K Walk alluded to, he's never really in shape the way that he needs to be. So for me, all those were reasons to say, look, this guy, he's done. I, I think it's over for Zeke. But to K Walk's point, I do think he's going to get another opportunity. <laughs> And there's nothing like getting released to just kind of remind you of how mm-hmm. short an NFL career can yes, be and how that money's not going to be coming in forever. So maybe this is going to be a motivational thing for Zeke. Maybe if he gets himself back in tip-top shape, he can be a somewhat productive player in the league. I don't think you're ever going to hear his name mentioned in the breath of like the best backs in football anymore. I think those mm-hmm. days are over. But could he be a guy to carry the ball eight to ten times a game and, and kind of be serviceable? Yeah, I definitely think he can still do that. But he's to me, he's no longer a premier every down starter in the NFL. Those days are Yeah. Um and this this is the thing with Cowboys running backs. This they decline faster than any other running back in the league because of how they run them so much earlier in their career. And I remember that's the first thing. I know I said, I know a lot of people have said when you heard his, I think his first three years, he was averaging over 300 rushes per per year. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of rushes where the next best player may get to 100, not even close to 200 rushes. Um, so he was putting a lot of uh, uh, a lot exertion. He was exerting his body a lot um, versus any other running back. He's only 27 years old, guys. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. He's not old, but because how they were using him so much, his usage rate was so high, it just his body is slowly and surely declining. But I agree with you, Jay. I think um he'll find a team. I think he'll go somewhere where he's not the primary back. He's that second short, short yardage type of back. Um, you know, I think he wants to win. Um, I think he'll take less money to go to a team to win you never know chiefs may be asking call him they have isaiah pacheco um maybe he could be behind him um as the short yardage short yardage back the gold line back although isaiah pacheco he can do it all i like him a lot um so it's going to be interesting i kind of feel bad for him because i was a huge fan of his coming out of ohio state you guys know i'm an ohio state fan um We'll have to see. It's going. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, they change things in Dallas. But I tell you this: here's my warning to all running backs coming out of college. You may not want to go to Dallas. It may seem like the great place to go, but you got about four years max before you start to decline. So it's going to be interesting. Any other thoughts on this? Uh, the only I, only thing I would say is when you said he was 27, I was <clears throat> kind of shocked. Like he feels like he's 34 yeah. to me, you know. Yeah. So the fact that he's only 27 years old that is really surprising because he feels a lot older than that. But on on the bright side, he's only 27. So I think yeah. if he gets in shape, I, I think you know, like like we kind of talked about, he could still do some things in the NFL. Yeah. But man, he feels a whole lot older than 27 to me. Yeah, see? and and yeah, and and the thing and yeah, the thing about it is, is he can get in shape, but it's, it's no, it's not a problem for him to get in shape. I think mm-hmm. the problem is for him to stay in shape. Yeah, I think that's where that's where the problem lies for uh, yep. for Zeke. But like you said, Jay, he. 
He's 27. He feels 34. And I know he feels 34. <laughs> no, yeah. we feel if, he, if we think he's 34, <laughs> imagine how he feels. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure that he'll be back. And then I get, he just has to maintain it. It's, it's easy to get it. It's harder to maintain it. So if he can maintain that throughout a, a season, I think he'll find himself in a, in, a, in a really good situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing is, mentally, he has to be willing to accept that secondary back role. Can mm-hmm. he accept that role? Is he okay <clears throat> with that type of role? Um, if he is great, I can see him going for another, you know, three or four years. If not, he may be looking to retire a lot sooner. So it just depends on what his mindset is going to his next destination. But he'll definitely be signed to another team for sure. All right, guys. So as we know, the NFL free agency is here. I know throughout it's been what is this the third week, I believe? Second week? Second week. Second full week. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I know franchise tags earlier is earlier in one NFL free agency, so it feels like a lot longer than just the second week. Out of all the signings, though, I want to know, not your favorite signing, not your least favorite signing, I want to know your top two or three, so you can just give me two, is fine, low-risk, high-reward signings during this NFL free agency. Jay, I'm coming to you first. Yeah, this was tough. This was tough um, because there's been some good signings, but they might be a little bit more on the risky side. So if you're talking low risk, I mean, I got to I got to go to Dallas. I got to talk about those Cowboys. Uh, I think getting Brandon Cooks just giving up a fifth a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick. I feel like that's pretty low risk for a receiver who is very productive in the NFL with the other receivers that the Cowboys have. I think they'll all complement each other very well. So I think the Cowboys, even though this wasn't a free agent signing, it was a trade. So does that still count? I don't know, but I definitely think he's going to fit in nicely with the Cowboys and those receivers will complement each other really well. So I like Brandon Cooks to the Cowboys. No, but I'll give it to you. All right. Okay. <laughs> and then um, I'm, I'm just going to, I got three here, but I think I'm just going to stick to two today. I'm going to go Chauncey Gardner Johnson mm-hmm. um, because it's just a one year, $8 million deal. And so, I mean, you're talking about a very productive player on a one year mm-hmm. for eight million bucks, very low risk. And I think you're going to get a lot of product productivity out of him. So I'm going to say Cooks and Gardner, Gardner Johnson. Those are my two low risk, but high reward players mm-hmm. in free agency. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, that's good stuff, dear. I like that one. I, I got two quarterbacks here. I, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with uh, Baker Mayfield going to the the Bucks. I, mm-hmm. I think that's low risk. You don't really expect too much from him. Um, you got, I think Kyle, you know, Trask is going to be their guy um, ultimately. But you know, Kyle, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be motivated. We know Baker, Baker Mayfield is a motivated guy. He's competitive. We we know that he's a competitor, and he's going to go in there and he's going to push Kyle Trask uh, to the limit. And I think Kyle Trask is going to ultimately. Um, res- uh, respond to that, uh, but it, it's not going to cost you know the bucks too much you know from there you know because it's just a guy that you don't expect uh, to, to to be their starter. You know he's coming in to back up um, a guy and and push uh, Kyle Trask to the uh, to the limit as I stated. 
So I'm going to go with the with, uh, with uh, Baker Mayfield there. The second guy, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. Uh, I like what the 49ers did here. Sam Darnold okay. going to the 49ers is because, you know, he's expected to be that third guy. Not the first guy, not the second guy, but the third guy. He understands his role there. And everyone, you know, they, they told him, John Lynch, uh, Kyle Shanahan has uh, expressed to him, this is what your role is going to be. They gave him incentives. Like, listen, hey, if you can go out there and beat these guys out, you know, we'll give you this. You know, you sign for $8 million, you're, it's, you know, you're contract with incentives is worth up to 11 million so um i, I think that's uh you know a, a low risk high reward there because if sam Darnold, because kyle, kyle shanahan uh loved sam Darnold when he came out of um when he came out of usc uh some time back uh, but he wasn't able to get his hands on him uh for, for obvious reasons it didn't work out for him there, of course but you know it's it's a guy that you know he knows his role he's going to understand his role he's going to understand exactly what is is, is going to be asked of him he's He's still young enough, but he's still a vet at the same time, a young vet, if you will. So uh, I, I like those two: Sam Darnold to the 49ers and uh, Baker Mayfield to the uh, the Bucks. <clears throat> Seems like everybody here is going with their own uh, <laughs> their own teams. I see. Okay, so I might as well change yeah. mine up a little bit. So let's nah, see. You don't have to. All right. No, but I will. <laughs> um, so my first one, I actually want the speedy wide receiver, uh, Paris Campbell, who signed with the New York Giants. I thought that was a good pickup. That was definitely low risk, high reward. Um, he needs to stay healthy, you know, but that provides them with speed. Um, he could blow open a defense, make it uh, uh, make things easier for others surrounding him. You just, they just got Darren Waller, the uh, uh, franchise tag Saquon <clears throat> Barkley. Potentially, there's rumblings about Odell Beckham Jr. could potentially be coming back. So we don't know where he's going to go for sure, guys. It's just rumblings. It's been rumblings that he may go back for a while. So Odell Beckham, Darren Waller, uh, Paris Campbell, that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice receiving core right yeah. there. So it's going to be interesting. OBJ and then my is other looking one, awesome, too. So. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did anybody mm-hmm. ever doubt him? I didn't doubt him. But... <laughs> But the other one, um, I went with running back Rashard Penny to the Eagles. You know, they lost Miles Sanders. Um, granted, they wasn't going to pay him for so much money. They signed him to a one-year deal for up to, I believe, $2 million. Now, if this guy is healthy, his problem is he's not healthy. If his guy is health, healthy, he's a big, physical, shifty back. He averages five-point yards per carry for his career and six yards per carry in the last two years. Oh my! And we have seen the damage that he does when he was with Seattle. You put him in a in this backfield with that offensive line, and he may be hitting holes that Sanders was not able to do, primarily due to size. Rashard Penny is much stronger, much more physical, much bigger. Um, he's not going to be the primary back, guys. Uh, they're going to go out most likely and get another back. He will not be the primary back. Plus, they still have Kenneth Gainwell. Um, but that is absolutely a low risk, high reward. And I'm actually excited to see what he's going to do as again, as long as both these guys stay healthy. Health is the number one priority. You guys have to stay healthy in order to be productive. Yeah, that's a good call. That, those are good calls, Britt. K-Walk, what'd you think about Javon Hargrave going to the 49ers? Ooh. I had that on my list too. Now, I, I mean, I know they paid for him, so I don't, can right. we call it low risk? That is not a low risk, high reward. That is a nah, high risk, high reward. Yeah, See, I, is it high risk though? Do you think it's high risk? Because I feel like lie. he's going to be a great player for them. You know what I mean? I know they paid for him, but I feel like that's, 
kind of what low the market is. So you're right. It might not be low risk, not low but risk. I don't know if I would call it high risk. I think they're going to get a really good player yeah. at a at a market market price, I guess I would say. It's a high it's a high yeah. risk, high reward because if he gets hurt or if something happens and he's not able to pr- be productive, that's your high risk. You paid a lot of money for him. Granted, that's what the market is for DTs. Yeah. Um, he did very well last couple seasons for us. Yeah, he's going to be but good. But it's absolutely not a low risk. He's going to be good. <laughs> He's gonna be yeah, great. Kay Walk. Uh, good stuff, K Walk. I appreciate you guys clarifying that for Kay Walk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just gotta I just gotta say it. I feel like Jay Jay, I'm like, did you just throw it out there or was there a reason? No, I had him on my list, but like I said, I don't know that I would call it low risk, but I don't necessarily think he's high risky. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's they got Not, themselves a heck of a player. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I and I think he meshes well with that with that defensive line. You know, with uh, Bosa, with uh, Armstead, with uh, Ken Law, and and uh, the young kid out of USC, Drake uh, Drake Jackson as well. And and they do a lot. What the 49ers do well is they um, they they have great depth there too. So. We're not going to ask too much or they're not going to ask too much from him and have him to be an every down guy. You know, you know, they'll 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 spell him when he needs to be spelled. So, I mean, I, I love it. The, 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 when I saw that, I said, Un, unreal, man. It, it's just unreal that he, they, we got that guy with that offense. I mean, with that defensive line. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I love it. So to answer your question, Jay, I don't know. I, I have to I agree with you, Britt. I, I definitely agree with you. It's not I don't think it's high risk. I don't think it's uh, it's definitely a high reward. If you can stay healthy, like you said, Britt, but I don't think it's a high risk by any stretch. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, he's not a type of person that gets he's, he doesn't get hurt. I don't think too often. I don't remember the last time he was hurt. Yeah. Um, again, last year it's a big rotation with the Eagles. When he was with the Eagles, right. they had a lot of rotation, exactly. so he didn't have to play a whole as often as you would think. Um, but the Eagles were not going to play him. It's time for Jordan Davis and Milton Williams, who they're really excited about. He's, they compare him to a Javon Hargrave, so they're excited about him with a lot more speed to him. So it was time for Javon Hargrave to move on. And yeah, I'm surprised they didn't tag right. him and then trade him. That that was surprising to me. That they're really not going to tag him because if they can't find a trade partner, then Howie Roseman is going to be tight because now they're stuck to your uh, <laughs> your cat. Somebody would have yeah, but you could have gave him a non-exclusive. He would somebody would have signed him. I mean, obviously before he looked at the 49ers game. Yeah, so too much respect. Yeah, the one thing I like about the Eagles organization is too much respect. They're not going to just hold on to a player. Just They're going to be like, you know what? We respect you enough. Go out and find what you want. Go out and find. We understand you're going to get the call. Um, you're going to get the money that you want. Well, you got to get something back for that, though. You got you to gotta get something back for that. For sure. Yeah, we'll get a third round or second round, third round pick. For yeah, compensation pick. Yeah, but you could have yeah, got we'll what, two, two, two first rounders, though. <laughs> well, well, I don't know if anybody's paying a, two first rounders for a DT. That's 30. 30 you you, you never know, Britt. You never know. You ne- All right. So the you 49ers say yes, is going to give, you say no, I say yes. give the Eagles two first rounders. I'm not rounders. saying the 49ers would have, but I'm saying somebody would have. Somebody I don't let's see. I don't think so. He was just too much okay. older, so all that's right. the only thing. Okay. If he was younger, I could see it, but he was right, like 30 31. <laughs> we gladly will. All right, on <laughs> going to the next one. Um, all right, so now we're gonna talk about I want to do something a little different here. Um, it's the normal take your pick, like we always do, right? Okay, but it's the offense versus defense edition. And I'm going to do NFL and NBA combo. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have an offensive <laughs> player versus a defensive player. And you tell me who will win that matchup 
or you will want for your team. You know what? We're going to say who will win that matchup. How about that? Okay. All right? Okay. So let's see. We're going to make it – we're going to go with the most one of the most popular ones, right? We're going to do wide receiver Jerry Rice starting off versus quarterback Deion Sanders. <laughs> Jerry Rice. <laughs> oh, I, don't care who you, I don't care who you put oh, in Oh, man. Okay, well, K-Walk just says Jerry Rice, so we're just going to skip him, I guess. <laughs> Jerry, I don't care Jay, who you name. Jay, who you got? Jerry Rice or Deion Sanders? Man, look, we've seen the matchup. So we there's some there's some video evidence of these guys going head-to-head, and they both, they both got their fair share of wins. Deion got his fair share of interceptions and coverage and, and knockdowns and Rice caught his fair share of balls and touchdowns. So I don't really know that there's a clear winner here, but I'm going, I'm going with prime. I'm going defense here. Give me, give me prime. Um, I got Dion. Jerry Rice is the best to do it at that position, but Dion's the best corner to ever play. I'm taking prime. I got Dion. Okay, walk you want to say your reason behind Jerry Rice? Because it's Jerry Rice. Because <laughs> it's Jerry Lee Rice. In my opinion, he's the argument. He's, he's he's the greatest player, football player to ever play the game. I, I just think he's just he's just so smooth. And um, I, I know Dion and nothing to take away from Prime. Um, I, I'll be a fool to to just to, to sound like I'm. I don't want to disrespect Prime in any way. But I just think that certain routes um, that Jerry Rice uh, runs or ran, I should say, um, no one could cover. No one could cover the crossing routes, uh, the bang eights, which means, you know, that, you know, you're faking like you're going to the corner, you're going to this, going to the post. I don't think he could deal with that. The whip routes when you're faking the slant coming to the outs. I just don't think on a consistent basis, uh, Deion Sanders could, could stay with Jerry Rice. Um, I'm going to go. They're both the best to ever do it at both their positions. Right. Um, oof, this was, this one's hard. This one's really hard, and I might Seems be out of hard. my mind, but I, I, I'm sorry. I got to go with Deion Sanders. It's something with prime go. time. Okay. He go has ahead. everything that you go want ahead. in a lockdown corner. He could play now. He could play back then. He could play in any era, in my opinion. Um, his footwork is great. He has the speed to him, the size to him, the confidence to him, the mindset. Um, and if you don't think if anybody thinks Jerry Rice is scared to go up against anybody, he will definitely welcome. Uh, uh, I'm not De- Jerry Rice. I'm going to say Deion Sanders is scared to go up against anybody. He will say, you know what? He will say this. Nine times out of ten, matter of fact, he's prime time. So ten times out of ten, Deion Sanders is like, I'm going to win this matchup for sure. So he's going to say go, it. I'm going to go with Deion. All right, well, I'll give it five times, seven, seven times out of ten. How about that? You bugging. You bugging. You bugging. I'll put my house on that. I'll put my house on I that. I get seven times out of ten. You crazy. And, and Dion right now is eight toes down. He eight toes yeah, down. So yeah. uh, I, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. All right, guys, let's go to the next one before we make K-Walk really mad about not going for the Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Uh, um, all right, the next one. We're going to stick with... Let's stick with the NFL. I got a list here, so I'm picking and choosing, guys. Let's go to wide receiver Calvin Megatron Johnson um, versus cornerback Darrell Revis. Revis Island. K-Walk, who do you have? Megatron. I'm taking Megatron. I'm taking receivers over cornerbacks every single time, <laughs> depending on what quarter, quarter receiver it is. In this case, I'm taking Megatron. I would even take Megatron over Dion. That's how confident mm-hmm. I am. With yeah, I, I would I would take Megatron. He has the speed. 
He has this size. Oh my God. He's just, uh, he's kind of like a, a, a Jerry Rice 2.0. Um, I just don't think you can match up with him from a physical standpoint. Uh, Darrell Revis, outstanding, um, outstanding one-on-one uh, cornerback. Nothing taken away from him. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not disrespecting the corners. I'm just a receiver at heart. I'm going to stay there. So I'm, I'm going to take Megatron just because of the size alone. Because if you look at if you look at Darrell Revis and then you look at Megatron and size, and you just throw that ball up every time. Okay, you can do that all you want to, Britt. But if you take that <laughs> size up, if you take that, uh, you throw that ball up on one on one 50 50 ball, it's not going to be a 50 50 ball. It's going to be a, a 55 50 uh, 45 ball every time. Megatron. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I had a somebody kept calling and calling and calling me. So sorry, sorry about that. It was reality. <laughs> it was called reality. It was calling, letting you oh, know. Oh, he's talking about with Jerry, talking about with Jerry Rice and, uh, and and Deion Sanders. No, I honestly, let's go back to the Jerry Rice Deion Sanders thing. I think that's a much more even matchup than what most people think. Um, I would not say seven out of ten. I only said that because Kate Walk is here. So. That's that's why, and I knew you get a little tight. I'll probably say like, so, I get so you live for me to get tight, Brent. Is that what your motivation is? <laughs> Absolutely. You try to get me tight, Brent. Why, Brent? Why, Brent? Because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> okay, oh, all right. Y'all do the same thing to me, trying to bring up C.J. Garner Johnson and Javon Hardgrave, trying to get a reaction out of me. No oh no, Jay brought Jay. that up. I was just responding to Jay. I just, I just thought they were but, good signings. I, but Kwok, well, you know Jay. Jay got this little, this little little thing behind him. Like, oh, let's see if I get something out of her. Let's bring it. Let's bring it. No, no, not yet. Now, if you say Jalen Hurts got traded, now I'm mad as heck. That's all I'm gonna say. But Jay, let's get back to Calvin Johnson and Darius Mariota. Look, there's a reason they call that man Reese's Island. I mean. Great one-on-one, great man-to-man coverage. Um, but I got to go with K-Walk on this one. The size, the speed, the strength mm-hmm. of Megatron. Yeah, can Revis cover him some of the time? Sure. But I think if, if you're talking about who would win out, I, I think if, if they go you know, 10 routes or whatever, go at it 10 times, I, you got to believe Megatron's coming out of that thing with the edge even if they're just throwing him fades to the, the corner of the end zone. I don't know how Revis would even deal with something like that. So Revis was great, but I, you got to go Megatron in this matchup. Yeah, I think I'm going uh, to um, make this unanimous here. First of all, Megatron is just too big for anybody. Yeah. He's just too mm-hmm. big. Then he had the speed, the hands. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, he had to do the Barry Sanders thing because, once again, the Lions didn't want to treat, treat him right. So he was like, I'm done. I'm going to retire. But, man, if he would have stayed a little bit longer, I think he retired, what, late 20s, like 29, 30? Yeah, he retired so. early. Yeah. If he would have stayed in this, the league a lot longer, because um, he took care of his body. We talk about other players that don't. He took care of his body. Man, if he would have lasted another four or five years, the numbers he could have put up, what we've been – what we – We'll be saying about him to this day. We already yeah. talked like he's one of the greatest receivers. Man, could you imagine? Um, so yeah, I love Darrell Revis. I don't think he could stop Megatron. He could stop a lot. He would lock down every other uh, receiver during that time. Not Megatron. Yeah. And I'm gonna shout out Thinos something. I can't. I'm sorry, sir. He's on Twitch. I can't pronounce your name. <laughs> Heisenberg. Thinos Heisenberg. I think I said it right. He said Leon's Sandcastle. 
is greater than Deion Sanders. Well, one of the best combine <laughs> commercials there was, Leon Sanders. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on. Uh, before I go back to the football, <laughs> let's switch over to some NBA. Let's see. Let's go with Steph Curry, the greatest shooter we have ever seen in the history of the NBA versus Gary the Glove Payton. And I just want to let you know, we are playing in Gary Payton's era, not today's era. See if that changes your mind just a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. Jay, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Look, I I just think all those people that think Steph couldn't have played in the 90s, like, I don't believe that. Like, I just think if, like, Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas could play, like, why couldn't Steph play? Like, I know Isaiah was probably tough, but I think guys adjust to the time frame that they're in. The glove was a great defender, but every time now I think of the glove, the only thing I can think about is MJ looking at that iPad. They have a laughing. problem. That's, that's the first thing the that I come no up, problem with come the glove. With. So I think, I don't, I look, the glove's a great defender, but. Steph's going to get his points. I mean, Steph's mm-hmm. going to get his points. I'm taking Steph in this matchup. Mm. Oh man, no I don't know, going. guys. I don't. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Uh, look, I love Steph Curry, and what he's doing today is freaking amazing. Um, but I just think if you put him in that era with the glove, he's not getting off on those screens like he is now to get those shots. So to get those shots like that, um, I know he does some quick shots. The glove will be up in his butt. <laughs> I'll spell ASS. I don't know if we have kids watching the show. I don't want to curse, guys. Uh, but he will be all up in them. And, like, you're not going to get this shot off. You're not going to get this shot off. The only thing you could try to do is drive to the basket. But guess what? My feet is just as good as yours, and it's not happening. He's called the glove for a reason. I think if we're talking any other defender – Maybe one or two others from that time, and I'll mention one of them later. But any other defender, yeah, I, I could see Steph getting his shots off and stuff like that. But versus Gary, absolutely not. And then Gary had the mindset, he's telling you, in your face, go ahead and shoot it. You're just not going to happen. Mm. Watch what happens. Plus, yeah. he was a trash talker. I think yeah. he'd be up in his head way too much. But K-Walk, who you got? I don't know if it's the spring and the air or whatever, but something's going on that I'm agreeing with uh, Brittany twice in one in one segment or twice in a half an hour. But I agree, Britt, uh, for everything that you said. I, I agree. I believe that wholeheartedly. You could put you, you the glove would be able to put his hands. And so you said because you said in, in gloves area, that's when he was yep. allowed to put his hands on these guys. Man. And yep. yeah, you allowed to get up in these guys. And I don't think Steph Curry could have handled the glove, man. I know MJ didn't have a problem. He had no problem with the glove. I think <laughs> Steph would have had a problem with the glove. So I'm going, I'm going to go Gary Payton. I'm going to go with the glove. And I think like a Brit kind of alluded to it. Well, she did allude to it. Is that the trash talking aspect of it is going to play a lot of it into it. So when you're talking to somebody and you get into their mental and physical, whoo, that's a tough, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough uh, bump to get over, man, for sure. So I'm going to go with the glove. I'm going to go with the glove. Man, I think y'all are underestimating how good Steph is off the dribble. He's not just a catch and shoot player. He is phenomenal off the no, dribble. No, 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 His ability no, no, no. to handle the basketball. Like I just don't know that the glove is it's really today, staying Jay, in, but he's in getting away with Steph that like that. Yeah. But and it's like, a different and, error. Jay. And I'm not sure the trash talk bothers Steph. Like Steph, 
people think Steph is soft. Like Steph is a is a trash talker as well. He just does it differently. Like mm-hmm. he'll shoot a I jumper agree. and turn around and start running back the other way. Like that that's just mm-hmm. as intimidating as some of the trash talk. So I don't know, man. I just think in the NBA, good offense beats good defense all the time. Like there's there've been very few players in the NBA that you could put on somebody and say they're not scoring. Like it, it doesn't really happen. If you're a great offensive player, you're getting your points. I, I I don't know any great offensive players that have been shut down because someone put a good defender on them. So here here's my thing to you. I said in that era, yeah, hand yeah. checking. Putting go your foot, he go up for a shot. You slide your foot underneath. They going. Gary Payton is going to figure out some ways to make you think twice about t- taking that jump shot. The mm-hmm. type of fouls they used to do, or the physicality that that they had, like you can't be that physical now. It's so easy for Steph Curry to get his shots off. It's too easy for Steph Curry to get his shots off. Going around those screens, you can't touch him. He's not getting away with all of that. That he would that he does now. And I'm go- that goes for all players that play today. But are you um, telling me you don't think if if get if Gary Payton is if Steph has the ball in his hands at the top mm-hmm. of the, at the three-point line, he can't get a shot off against Gary Payton? Like is not that if he's allowed to I'm touch him, Jay. Saying? Not if he's allowed to touch him. Not if he's allowed to put his hands on him like he did back in the day, Jay. Uh, I don't no, know, man. Like, was, Jay, you know how man. physical that league was yeah. back then. I know. Now, but I, now seen, I go with Steph Curry all day. I've now. seen tons of guards not as good as Steph Curry get their shots off against Gary Steph Payton. Curry like, are we not, inflating how good of a defender Gary Payton was? Like, absolutely not. Because I think like, Steph Curry will be a good player back. then. Like in that era, I don't think he's a superstar in that era. That's what I'm saying. Look at yeah, look Jay. Look at Joe, but he's not a superstar. Look at Joe Dumars and MJ matchup. Yeah, MJ can tell you he had problems with Joe. Joe Joey Dumars defending MJ better than anyone else. Exactly, and that's MJ would still get 26, 27. That's MJ though, but that's MJ though. (laughs) That's MJ. That's that's why. Are you comparing MJ to Steph? No, but I'm saying, if, if are, are we saying Gary Payton's going to hold Steph to like eight points or something? Steph's getting his 25. He's, he's not getting, getting 25. his 25. He's not, he's not getting 25. Nah, I, I give him. We, I give we him should 14, go look up max. people that he's Gary not Payton guarded. Like if if some of these other guards were getting 17, 18 mm-hmm. on Payton, Steph's. Steph, I mean, he hits three threes. He's at nine 14, already. I said I mean, 14, 15, right? No, Didn't I say he played 14, he's, he's 15? You said 17, I think he's, 18. I think he's, he's not getting 20. 25. How's he going to get 25? He's all the greatest on, all, shooter all, that all, has ever lived. How's he going to get In a less physical error. We could come off screens I, wide I open. Sometimes people nobody get, can hand check you. Nobody can touch you. I don't it's think. I don't, I don't think hand checking. I mean, yes, you can hand check people. We grew up hand checking people, but a huge all of a sudden, the hand check is not the end all be all. I mean, we've seen guys score against that. hand checkers. We're not. We're not saying that. What I'm saying is, you take a Steph Curry used to this error and put on him in a Gary Payton's error. He's not dropping 25 to 30 points. I but, give him in the teens. He's going to be no. a great star. He's not your Michael Jordans or whatever the Hakeem Halajuans type star that was back then. Sorry. All right, let's move on. We got to move on. We've been doing this too much. If you didn't see my Facebook post, if you didn't see my Facebook post, I told you to get your popcorn ready. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to go to the next one. All right. So, Jay, this is your guy. I'm going with 
Kevin Durant, forward Kevin Durant for the offense versus Scottie Pippen for the defense. Forward and forward. Now, you already said Steph Curry could drop 30, 25 to 30 on Gary Payton. So, I don't know. wonder what your mind says. Is it similar? But, K-Walk, I'm going to come to you first. I'm not going to Oh, okay. 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 I, I'm gonna make this real quick because I gotta hear Jay's on this one, but I'm I'm going with Pitt, man. And we and it's the same era, right? Where Pitt played in, is that correct? Yes. I, is that safe to say? Yes. Okay, I didn't know if we were going back and forth, but Jay, I, I got a, the same argument for uh, you know that we had with uh, the glove and and uh, and Curry. I, I think Pip is is probably a better defender than than uh, uh, than Peyton was, uh, to be honest with you. So, and he's got the length too uh, as well. I Meaning Pip's got the long arms. He's six seven, six nine, six eight, six nine. I mean six seven, six eight. Um, I know K- K- Kevin Durant is uh, is six ten, six eleven. Maybe sometimes on a good day he's, he's seven foot. He's got that long. He's got that long jumper. He's smooth, but I just think what we saw, what was it last season, what Jason Tatum did to uh, uh, to Kevin Durant, um, put you know they put bodies on him, they they put a body on him, they made it physical. Pip will do that, and he's long arm too. So yeah, give me Pip uh, all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. <clears throat> Jay, <laughs> Jay's not happy right no, now. <laughs> I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. I'm taking KD. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm going to stay consistent. I think in the NBA, great offense beats great defense. I, I think one-on-one, I don't believe that Scottie Pippen can shut down Kevin Durant. Is he going to win some battles? Yes. But KD's going to win his fair share as well. So, no, I, I don't think Scottie Pippen can shut down Kevin Durant. And I'm I'm taking KD. I got KD all day long. Great, great okay. off. He, Over Pip? KD is one of the greatest shot makers this league has ever seen. I, I don't believe that Scottie Pippen can stop him. I don't. I, I don't believe it. And I believe in the NBA, and they're not allowed to play defense now. That great defense absolutely trumps great offense. Um, and I've always been like that. And you guys know I've always been like that. But this one is a lot closer than I thought it would be. Um, I don't want to agree with K-Walk a third time. No, <laughs> no right? Don't do it. Don't do um, it. It's going to throw oh, the atmosphere man. off. It's going to throw the planets off. I think Kevin Durant's length is a problem. And this guy is long. Um I know Kobe Bryant said the only player he could not figure out once he was able to develop, I think his his left or his mid range. It was one of them. I think it was his left. Really develop his left left hand. Kobe was like, this was another player outside of Tracy McGrady. He could not figure out. Um, now the thing that gets me with KD is he's small. He's small, and Gary Scottie Pippen is a lot more physical. And like K Walk alluded to, that caused issues. Um, and the championship, no, not the, uh, not the championship, the Eastern Conference Championship, uh, was that last year? No, I'm sorry, the first round, first round last year, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. he was with the Nets. The first round last year, um, they were really physical with him. Jason Tatum was pretty physical with him, and he struggled a lot. So you think he struggled against Jason Tatum? Today? Today, today he's going <laughs> to struggle like crazy against Scottie Pippen. Um if, now, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year. We'll have to see what transpires this year. They might not even see each other because it won't be until the championship. So another reason I'm mad, he kind of left the net. So I wanted to see that rematch again. I got to go with Scottie Pippen. I think Scottie Pippen is a much better player than what people think he is. Um, to me, if Michael Jordan wasn't on that team, he's the superstar for that team. 
It's just that unfortunately he had Mike. Like nobody's better than Mike. But his defense, they won a lot of those games because of Scottie Pippen's defense, and everybody knows it out there. This is not the slight Kevin Durant. This is not the slight him at all. He is a talent of all talents. But Scottie Pippen will be up in that ASS. (laughs) Not like I think though, one of the things I think we're overlooking here is the offense in the NBA, the moves that guys, the, the ability to dribble, the step back, the crossover. The, uh, Gilbert Arenas talks about this, and I don't even agree with mm-hmm. Gilbert Arenas a lot, but I do agree with his point this time because he was talking about when Grant Hill came into the league and he was kind of the beginning of the new <laughs> era, right to left crossover and stuff like that. And he was giving th- those defenders in the NBA at that time fits. They couldn't deal with it. I think we're underestimating how good the guys are now offensively. They're not just guarding some, oh, I'm going to back you down into the post and try. Like the game is so different now. And there's so many more moves that you have to guard. I think we're underestimating how good the guys are offensively now. And I'm not sure these great defenders in the 90s that were defending two moves are going to be as good playing against guys that have an arsenal of moves that they can go to. Yeah, but Jay, they, they, the guys today now, they get away with so much traveling. The step they back. Do. I, don't care, I don't care what you tell me. I don't care. You can break it down to me any way you want to. Yeah, that's, that's trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. If you can get away with that, then, yeah, right. no one can be able to guard that. I mean, if you get away with that. Right. But, if you go back, but in that era, they're calling it. They're calling they're that calling a trap. Every time. You're calling that every it's time. It's a different so era. get away with that. This, this is an offensive error. They, what is the main goal of – the NFL and the NBA now, they want more offensive play. <clears throat> they want everything to be offense. That's why you have more high-scoring games in the NFL and in the NBA. In the 90s, it was a little bit more even. They're not calling some of the, uh, a lot of these calls. Them tic-tac things, these defensive, these defense play, the, the, the defensive side can play. They letting these guys play and be physical with you. But I so feel like if I'm you go to... back and watch a 90s basketball game, you're not going to be impressed with the offensive moves. Like, other than Jordan, like, who else was really making you say, wow, wow, that was a really nice move? No one. Like, go back and watch 90s basketball. I think you'll be surprised. AI came in with the, with the right, crossover Jay. that eventually right. got banned from the NBA. Yeah, I mean, AI's crossover that was, was nice. Move. But – but I, I still think – I think we're giving these defenders too much credit. Like, I, I just don't know that they could really guard the type of range and offensive skill set that we see now. Like, the off- yeah, the, the Jay, range Jay, you know- that these guys shoot with now, the guys in the 90s had no clue of that. <laughs> like, yeah, Jay, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Now, if you if you made the argument, like, you know, could they guard them in this era, then my argument may be differently. But and we're talking about in back in the eighties and nineties. No, they can't get away with the stuff that they're getting away but with. But Steph can it, still shoot it from five feet behind the line if he wanted to. Yeah, but if he has to, right? if, he, if it takes him three steps without dribbling it to, to get that ball off, then yeah, I mean, any any area you're good at that. Know, but you, you got you're not going to get away with it. This is diff- totally different type of game. But that's why you know, uh, Britt. You know, I, I don't know if that's why, but Britt, you know, posed the question. Uh, you know, it's in the eighties and the nineties. I was watching the, the the rematch of the Utah. 
Jazz and 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 the uh, the Bulls in Game Six of the 1988-98 Finals. The final score was eighty-seven to eighty-six. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> we, we we see that score now, and sometimes at halftime or halfway through the third quarter. Right now today, so you're you're absolutely right. I get both sides of it, but if we're going back into that that the eighties and nineties, I have to give it to the defenders. Mm. Now, I if I would have said in today's world, I'm going with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Curry, uh, all of them. Because will, there's no I, defense. No team plays defense. The, I just said the other day you had a score of 147 to 144. What kind of nonsense is that? That that's used to ridiculous. be all-star games back scores back in the day. You know? That's ridiculous. All-star games. So, um, but all right, let's move on because we, we, we've spent a lot of time on this segment. But it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> uh, I got a couple more. I got a couple more. Um, you know what? Let's, let's, let's do this one. We're going to do one from today's era, okay? Offensive, defensive guy. I got LeBron James versus Kawhi Leonard. Since the great offense beats the great defense. Jay, I'm coming to you first. Who you got? Who's playing defense? Uh, I'm Who's sorry. Kawhi's playing defense. LeBron, if I, the first person is always offense. Second oh, okay. 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 So LeBron um, is offense. Kawhi is defense. And don't tell me LeBron don't have great offense. I'm I'm taking LeBron. I, I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna take LeBron. Look, I know Kawhi's a great defender. I don't believe he could shut LeBron down. I, I really don't. I think over a four-quarter game in today's NBA, LeBron's gonna get his 30, even if Kawhi's guarding him. So might he slow him down a little bit here and there, but he's not stopping LeBron from doing what he wants to do. Uh I'm taking LeBron. Okay, what? Well- yeah, I have to agree with Jay on this one. This is an easy one, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, um, Kik, uh, Kawhi, man, he's uh, MIA half of the time. You just don't know what you're going to get from healthy him. Healthy Kawhi, um, healthy Kawhi. I know, I get it, I get it. I, well, yeah, uh, yeah, what is that, though? <laughs> what is that, though? <laughs> what does that really mean? Um, but, yeah, I, 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 even a healthy Kawhi, young Kawhi against a young LeBron, I'm going to take I'm going to take LeBron. I think LeBron uh, can body him down a little bit more, can shoot over top of him as well um, and, you know, can get to the bucket as well. Can LeBron can can beat him in, in a variety of ways. So I'm going to go LeBron for sure. <clears throat> um, I agree with you guys on this. one. <laughs> I agree with you guys. Um, I think LeBron is too strong, although they have had games um, and matchups, big games where Kawhi has basically shut him down in a couple of those games. Um, I think one, if I cannot, if I can recall, was a championship game where the Spurs won. Um, I think the Spurs beat, was that when he was with, I don't know if that was the Heat or Cleveland, one of them. Mm-hmm. But he won when Kawhi was uh, a Spurs and Kawhi was just a young guy. And he made LeBron, LeBron was struggling. Like we've never seen LeBron struggle before. Um, so can I, do I think LeBron will struggle against Kawhi? Yes. Do I still think LeBron will get up to like 25 points? Yes. So there you go. I think his efficiency will be horrible. I think Kawhi's team could potentially win depending on who's on LeBron's team. But I think LeBron will still get his points. All right. You feel a little bit better, Jay? Not really. <laughs> all right a uh, couple more i gotta go back to football and we spend so much time on this uh let's see let's see let's do ooh, running back jim brown offense well nfl is easy running back jim brown versus linebacker lawrence taylor <laughs> 
Now that's tough. That's a good All right. one. So I say I got some good ones later. That's good. Let's see who wants to go first. Da, 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 da. They can't walk in this one. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go at all. I know first. Um, wow. Okay. Wow. Jim Brown was a monster beast. Put the head down. He's gonna run through you. But uh, Lawrence Taylor was just a crazy dude, man. Um. Whew. Uh, uh, right now, today, uh, who, if they're both listening right now, I think I can. I can beat Jim Brown in a fight. <laughs> He's a little older. So with that being said, I'm going to take uh, Lawrence Taylor, man. I'm going to take Lawrence Taylor in this one, man. I really think, yeah, I, I'm going to take oh, him. I man. think he was crazy. He was uh, he was fast, physical, um, and he can he can run him down. Uh, if, they, if they went one, oh, wow, this is a good one, Britt. Really is a, a good, good one. one. I, I wouldn't be mad if you go with Jim Brown. Uh, guys, but I'm going to take Lawrence Taylor, man. I, I just think Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defensive player to ever play the game. Um, that, that remains to be seen as far as, I mean, my, I don't feel the same way about Jim Brown as being that offensive guy. So I'm going to take Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, this one was hard. Um, I was yeah, sitting here sure. thinking about this. I'm like, what <clears throat> am I thinking right now? But you know what? Just for the heck of it, I'm going with Jim Brown. Strong, okay. powerful. Not mad uh, I mean, he was the main guy for the Bears back in the day, and they, they knew the ball was going to him. They still couldn't get him down. Can Lawrence Teller do it? I know Lawrence Teller is strong and crazy. But could he stop Jim Brown? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. We'll never know. This is why we it, do this. So It depends what know. type of night Lawrence Taylor had the previous night, if you know what I mean. What type of partying he was doing. Uh, uh, he was doing uh, his his. We'll his keep it at that. We'll just keep it at that. We'll just keep it at that. No disrespect. Um, but no, I'm going to go running back Jim Jim Brown. It's not as – I know I'm making it sound easy. It's not that easy, yeah, guys. It's not. Um, not yeah, and I'm sitting here second-guessing myself. But I'm going to go with Jim I know. Brown. I just, Me too. I just think, look, everybody knew the ball was going to Jim Brown. They still couldn't stop him. Still couldn't, couldn't do anything about it. But, Jay, who you got? The more I think about it, actually, the easier it gets for me. I'm, I'm taking LT. This is an easy pick for me. Not, you know, okay. Spending a few minutes just thinking about it. Look, I, I like Jim Brown. He's never been one of my favorite running backs. I think he was before his time, meaning that he yeah. benefited from the era that he played in. Like when you look at Jim Brown, he was a man amongst boys with, with the competition that he played against. Lawrence well. Taylor played in the league at a time where the competition was much more balanced. If you drop Jim Brown into a 90s NFL game, I don't think he's a freak of nature in the 90s. He's a guy that's like a lot of the other guys on the field. Lawrence Taylor changed the game. like He changed how people play defense and how people play offense. So I'm taking LT here. No disrespect to Jim Brown. I mean, he can't help the people that he played against. I'm right. just not so sure he would have been that dominant had he played in a different era. I think you could drop drop Lawrence Taylor in any era of football, and he would be an absolute monster. So Jim Call Brown then changed that position, changed the game of the position. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I would say Jim Brown changed the the running back position. I don't think he did. I don't, I don't, I don't think he did. Not in my opinion. Well, I know after him, running backs. Teams wanted different types of running backs after him. All right, next one. Uh, <laughs> I like Gail Let's Sayers go more than Jim Brown, to be honest. I concur. I concur. Yeah, he was actually one of my favorites. Um, all right, so next one, we're going to go another running back 
linebacker combo. Barry Sanders versus Ray Lewis. So you Ouch. got it. That's easy. To do. I'll go first. That's easy. Give me Barry all day, every day. I don't think one-on-one open field. I don't think Ray Lewis would even get a hand on Barry. So I, I'm taking Barry. I don't. I, I I I have never really seen anyone get a good hit on Barry because he's just that elusive. So I, I got Barry all day, every day on that one. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Barry Sanders. He's just too shifty, too elusive. Plus, he was strong. People underestimate his strength. He used to run guys over too, and he'll just figure eight the mess out of Ray Lewis like he did the Dallas Cowboys that one game. Um, but K-Walk, I know Ray Lewis punched you and get chest one day. Tackled them guys. Tackled, not physically punched. But uh, hit him so hard through his chest. Who, who you got? <laughs> All right, I'm flashback. Um, yeah, nah, this is an easy one, actually. I love you, Ray, man. And, I'm, you know, I'm still the, 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 the charges are still pending right now. There's no <laughs> limitations on that hit either. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Barry Sanders. Like everything that you guys mentioned, especially, uh, Jay alluded to it as well, is that, you know, in the open field, you know, it, it took. It took you know six seven guys sometimes um, to to bring Barry Sanders down because he was so he was so elusive. So one on one with anyone, um, I'm taking Barry Sanders for sure. All right, last one guys, and then we move on. <laughs> um, and this I did this in honor of honor of K Walk here. Okay, we got head coach Kyle Shanahan, offensive minded head coach, versus head coach well future now head coach. Defensive mighty, great defensive, great uh defensive coordinator. Ooh. It's an honor of you, K Walk. Who you got? I have K Walk go last. Jay. Um man, that's a good one. I like D'Amico. I think he's done a great job. Um, you know, early in his career, done a phenomenal job. He's coached some tremendous players as well, though. Uh, but has done an outstanding job. But I'm going to take Shanahan here. Uh, just the experience. Um, I think he's the best play caller in football, or or at least no one calls plays better than he does. Uh, wow. So as much as I like D'Amico Ryans, I, I'm going to give the edge to Shanahan here. Okay. I don't know if I put him over Andy Reid just yet, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go the opposite direction. I'm gonna go with D'Amico. I know he's young, he doesn't have as much experience, but I think he's ready. Um, what he did with that 49ers defense was amazing. Um, some of those guys, especially in the secondary, I haven't have a clue who their names was. I do I know now, <laughs> I know who they are now, but he just puts them in the right position to really excel. Um, what he did with Bosa and along that defensive front was amazing. Then they went out and got uh, Ken Law and um, Fred Warner. I didn't know who Fred Warner was prior to this. Now look at him. He's the top what linebacker in the game right now. Um, but what D'Amico Ryans did with that 49ers defense is – and I'm excited to see what he does with the Texans. I really am. They got some good young pieces, and I think that defense is going to be turned around pretty fast. But, K-Walk, these are your two guys. One is a former 49er now. <laughs> Who you got? Yeah, yeah but uh, to, to your point, uh, um, Britt, that uh, you mentioned uh, D'Amico Ryan's and those guys, Fred, Fred Warner and uh, 
and uh, Javon Kinlaw. They were actually Robert Sala's guys because to, to keep in mind, Robert Sala just was two is two years removed from the 49ers. So they ran the same de- they ran the same defense nonetheless. But um I wow, you know what? I watch a lot of um training camp stuff on the 49ers when it's happening. The defense always is ahead of the offense, Jay. You know that. Um but in a game situation, man, you know, because they they both know each other's style. They know what yeah. their tendencies are. They know what their identities are. They know what their philosophy is. When you see a certain all defensive lineup, ah, but like you Jay said, this is this is the deciding factor for me. I just think Kyle Shanahan, he's his his genius in calling plays and um and just manipulate the defense um is the key for me so i'm i'm gonna take a, it's gonna it's a slight edge ladies and gentlemen but i'm gonna take kyle shanahan over D'Amico. love you brother go in that south man for sure but um yeah i'm gonna take kyle shanahan <laughs> i don't know because D'Amico's defense won some games with kyle shanahan's oh, offense of course. Can't do it. oh yeah so, as i said it's a slight i got your back brother i got your back all right let's I, move on guys all right we got to get into some March Madness before we take our break and then Jake takes over. Um, I want to talk about women's basketball. Um, we don't talk about it enough. So what I want to know, what are your top three favorite current female college basketball players? Your top three favorite. You can have 10 of them. I know I have about 20 of them. Just give me three of them. <laughs> um, but K-Walk, I'm coming to you first on this one. All right, I'm, let, let me go to hear my list here, man, because you guys, like I told you guys in, in the text, you guys had me doing some homework uh, <laughs> uh, this past, you know, uh, last 24 hours, man, when y'all, when y'all released the topics. But um, um, number three, I'm going to go with um, with uh, hometowner to you, uh, Britt, and that's uh, Maddie Seacrest. I hope I'm Seacrest. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. From Villanova. Yeah. Um, young young lady there, man, averaging 29 points a game. Um, just what she she's able to do. I mean, like you said, Britt, there's so many of them, but I just went with the, the ones that I've just watched recently. So I, I may be skipping some. But Maddie's uh Seagrest there. Uh, of course, you got to go with uh, Aaliyah Boston from uh from mm-hmm. South Carolina. Outstanding uh, uh big girl there, a big lady there. Uh, I don't want to call it big, like she's like she's fat or anything like that, but you know what I mean. It's basketball tournament. We, we so don't no, no. no. so, some people Sports don't, you know. We live in a world right now, you gotta be mindful of what you say and how how you say it? Sports so, people, uh, guys. Sports people. All right. Cool, cool. <laughs> All right. So, Aaliyah Boss, I'm going uh, from South Carolina. And number one, I'm going with my girl, man. Uh, she's the Steph Curry of, of basketball right now. And that's my girl from Iowa, Caitlin Clark, man. I mean, she's just outstanding. She pulls up from the, the logo, uh, not the three-point line, not two feet. She pulls up from the logo. But um, sometimes she pulls up as soon as she gets off the bus and knocks them down. So those are who I'm going with. I'm going with uh, Maddie Seacrest from Villanova, uh, Aaliyah Boston from South Carolina, and Caitlin uh, Clark from uh, Iowa. Yeah, those, those, those are definitely good. Um I got to agree with you with Caitlin Clark. Oh, she's a monster. But for my list, um, you know what? I, I went with Caitlin Clark. She's one of them since we already just spoke about her. Almost averaging a triple-double. I know a lot of people say she's the female version of Steph Curry. She might – I think she's a little bit more. I think she's a Steph Curry combined with – y'all going to call me crazy – a LeBron James. I mean, look, she's averaging almost a triple-double. Her basketball IQ is out of this world. Now, she – I don't – Defense is all right. Defense is okay. But offensively, yeah, man, she makes the right 
basketball uh, decision every time she comes down the court and then she shoots just like a step or anywhere. So Caitlin Carr is absolutely one of them. I decided to go with a freshman. I watched this freshman the other day. Um, yeah, I, I always talk about Leah Boston. I always talk about a lot of other players. But I said, you know what, let me pick a freshman. And I spoke about her on the show before, and that's Flaw J. Johnson from LSU, this guard. She got handles. She could play defense, and she has a great shooting form. Um, she is the future, in my opinion, of LSU, as long as she continues to stay there for her basketball career, if she chooses so. Um, she is a good young player, guys, and she plays with such tenacity. She wants to win. She plays hard, and she wants to win. Um, I think she's averaging like 11 points, five rebounds as a freshman. Um, big stuff coming from her. And then my last one, I had to go with my other favorite big, big, big girl. <laughs> See? <laughs> um, and that's LSU Angels Reese. Man, is she's a monster. Uh, I think she had, what, at least five or six 2020 uh, uh, games this year, 20 points, 20 rebounds. The last game, was she had 25 and 24. And then she is averaging over 23 points, 15 rebounds, almost two blocks and two steals a game. That That's crazy. That is crazy um, as a junior. So she has one more year. And then I can see her being like number one overall next year, number two, top three for sure. But, Jay, who are your top three? Top three yeah, players? I would have said Caitlin Clark. But since you guys touched on her, I'll go in a different direction. I like Rakia Jackson out of Tennessee. Uh, she's phenomenal, guys. She's kind of – she transferred from – think Ole Miss this is her first year at Tennessee she's coming back next year instead of going to the WNBA she's a great player I, I think Tennessee might have a chance to get into the final four if, if Rakia is really on her game um I want to shout out Zaya Cook I know a lot of people yes. talk about Aaliyah Boston and rightfully so but Zaya Cook man I mean she does it on both ends she really is the kind of the glue that holds South Carolina together so I want to give Zaya Cook some love and then I'm going to go out to Stanford. They got a couple of great players, but Cameron Brink, big girl on the inside, gets five, six block shots a game. Stanford got eliminated the other night, but Cameron Brink is a really, really good player for Stanford. So I'm going to shout out. I think we all know this person. My aunt, Tony J. Coleman. <laughs> I think he was talking about Angel Reese from LSU, if, I, if, I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm right. But yes, big girl in the monster. <laughs> if I'm right. He was talking about uh, it was either going to be Aaliyah Boston or or Angel Reese, most likely. So big girl monster, they both are absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to move on because um, I want to talk about your top two favorite women basketball players of all time. So this could be college, it could be WNBA, whatever it may be. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna go first on this one. So I was right, LSU. She was talking about Angel Reese, <laughs> um, but. I'm going to go first. So my first one, um, I got to go with the great Cheryl Miller. I don't think she gets enough love. She does get love, but because she never played in the WNBA, WNBA came way after her. Yeah. She probably played, what, 70s in high school, 80s in college, but she's really considered the greatest female basketball player of all time. No one has ever been greater than her of all time. And if she had the opportunity to play in the WNBA, she would have been a monster. Um crazy monster i think she's really the only person in history but as far as i can i know scored 105 points in a high school game her high school record was 132 and four her college record was 112 and 20 
She won two national uh, championships with USC Trojan, three-time college player, Olympic gold medalist, on and on and on and on. And all I know is that every time Reggie Miller, who's her brother, talks about her when they were kids, Reggie would be like, guess what? I scored 45. And now Cheryl would be like, yeah, that's cool. I just dropped 60. So he can never be his big sister ever. And in my second, I got to go with the legend Cheryl Swoops. Uh, one of my favorite <clears throat> players of all time. I have many, many other favorites that I have not mentioned, but Cheryl Swoops was considered, I think at the time, the Michael Jordan of the WNBA at the time. Um, I know she had a <clears throat> Nike sneaker named after her called Air Swoops, which was dope. But I know in college, I think she averaged like 35 points in the, like a, one of the NCAA tournaments, which is crazy. So those are my top two, Cheryl Miller and Cheryl Swoops. Cheryl's oh first name same first name spelled differently Cheryl Miller Cheryl Swoops. Uh, who you got yeah I'm gonna go number two I'm gonna go with Candace Parker I know there's a lot of them out there I know there's a lot of them I was uh, Cheryl Miller was actually on my list but I had to narrow it down there's so many of them but I went with Candace Parker mm -hmm. um she's just was just phenomenal she was and, and everything that she did um she's doing great stuff now on, on TV but yeah just loved everything the way she went about her game very physical uh very dominant um it was really hard to to stop her for sure and uh my number one is the, the first female I've ever seen dunk in, in in a game and that's Lisa Leslie uh, I don't think she gets enough credit for everything that she's done you know the matriarch that she is uh as far as uh, NBA goes or WNBA, excuse me. Uh, so I went with Lisa Leslie from the LA Sparks uh, and, and her day. I remember when the WNBA first started, you mentioned Cheryl Swoops and, and that Houston Comets team at the time. I think they won like the first three uh, yeah. um, first three uh, championships there. But, uh, but Lisa Leslie was right there for the Sparks uh, as well, uh, dunking on people. So uh, that, that, that's my, my two right there. Candace Parker and, uh, and Lisa Leslie. And Cynthia Cooper. Cynthia Cooper was nasty. Yeah. 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 Oh, Tina, my and, yeah. and my That's girl, Tina Thompson. Yes. Tina Thompson. <laughs> and, and, and gentlemen, and gentlemen, if you know Tina Thompson, you know why I like Tina Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Thompson but, uh, used to always have that bright red lipstick on, too. All the, all don't get me started. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was pretty easy for me. I got two that stand out. Like you, Britt, I went with Cheryl Swoop. She was my favorite player. I, I liked her in college and when she was playing in Houston in the WNBA. So Cheryl Swoops was easy for me. And then Maya Moore. I, I, I wish, you know, she, she kind of retired early, but Maya Moore was phenomenal at Connecticut. Then she won a bunch of championships in the WNBA as well. So Cheryl Swoops and Maya Moore, th those are my top two. Yeah, I looked up to Maya Moore. I know she's only like a year or two older than me, but when I seen her at UConn, I said, she is my favorite player. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I followed her ever since. So um, I'm proud of her. Love you, Maya Moore. Come on our show. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to get Maya Moore, right? All right, guys. So... Uh, I think next week I'm going to save the NBA awards. So I'm going to save that for next week. But because this is in our title and we have to talk about it, and it's your y'all uh, favorite player growing up, um, it has recently been reported that NBA legend and current majority Charlotte's Hornets owner, Michael Jordan, the GOAT, is currently in talks to sell his majority ownership of the Hornets. 
Do you think this is the right decision? And do you think he was a good sports owner? Jay, I'm gonna come to you first. Um, that's a good question, and, and it's a it's it's a question that has a couple layers to it, right? Because is he a good sports owner? Well, like if if he's an owner that's in business, then he's great because for, he bought the team. I don't remember how much exactly he bought the team for, but it's like doubled or tripled in value since he bought it. So from a business standpoint, he's going to make out just fine. So yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it from business, yeah, he's a great owner because he's, he's going to make a lot of money if he decides to sell the team. Now, obviously from the wins and losses standpoint, you know, there's a lot to be desired there and he never could get <laughs> Um, Charlotte to the level that I'm sure that he hoped, but you know, it, it's, it's hard to win in the NBA. It's hard to win championships. So I know a lot of people kind of look at MJ as a failure in the front office. I don't necessarily look at it like that. I just don't think, you know, he was able to, to have teams and coaches and, and get that one or two dynamic players that it takes to get over the hump. So I do think it's a good decision. I, I you know, especially if he doesn't want to do it anymore, Go ahead and take that boatload of money and, and walk away. So I think it's a good decision. And I think business-wise, he made out just fine. So, Yeah, you know, I think business-wise is a great decision. Um, you're up. You're, you're in, the, you're in the, the positive, well above the positive. I think it was 100 and something million he brought the team for. Now it's worth like 1.5 billion or something. Yeah, I mean. Something in a- that nature. Um, so he, he made out very, very well for himself. Um, but let me tell you something. He's the goat as a player. He's a lamb as an owner. <laughs> he was terrible. I don't terrible. want to go that far, No, no. His team was trash. His team is trash. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say what it is. That team was trash. Look, I understand that's up to your scouting, your GM and all that. But ultimately, <clears> you are the owner of this organization. You take control of everything. If your GM is your scouting is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and it's up to you to fire these guys and get the people that you need in here. You telling me you couldn't get one of these good coaches? You're Michael Jordan. I'm pretty sure you could find one of these uh, decent coaches out here. Um, Mike Brown was out there for a long time. You know, there have been so many co- good coaches <clears throat> that have been sitting waiting for a job, and you didn't hire them. Um, scouting department. You got to do better. You got to do better in your scouting department. I'm sorry. So I just think as an owner, he just wasn't making the right decisions as an owner to ensure that his team gets somewhat better, at least average NBA team. They've been terrible since he's been owning them for the most part. Um, So, look, I love Michael Jordan as a player, but, you know, odds are he may want to tap into it again. Just because he's selling this team doesn't mean he won't try it again, and that doesn't mean he won't get better later on. This is a lesson learned as an ownership stand from an ownership standpoint or what he could do differently going forward um but his team sucked as an owner <laughs> but k-walk what are your thoughts hey, i'm not gonna sit i'm not Get gonna it, sit K-Walk. here unless you disrespect Why you jordan. <laughs> you're not gonna sit here oh, and disrespect oh. michael jeffrey jordan i still like think that. he's, he's the, the greatest of all time don't want to, you not in ownership. It's my spot right now, Britt. Hey, don't disrespect <laughs> that man. That man has done wonders for that organization, man. Um, you know, he, you know, certain guys, you know, you know, when you're the greatest of all time, you know, there's the level when, when he left the game, he left it at a high level, man. He left it on a, a high level. He could still play two, three, six years. So I don't know how many more years, but at least two years. Um, but when you 
you get into a situation like that, you look around the league, um, you look around the league, how many teams have honestly said that they, you know, they they won a championship look and, and, and got a great coach? Look at Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers with the Sixers. Look at Doc Rivers with the Sixers. And they haven't won anything. Um, you know, Pop has fell off. Pop fell off. Pop was winning so many championships for a certain period of time. Now he's fell off. He's not winning anything. He's probably arguably the worst, one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst, behind the, the Houston Rockets. Oh, so oh, with all oh, that being said, oh, oh. with all that being said. Hey, well, before you that, finish that thought, there, when did Michael Jordan's Hornets ever become relevant? No, no. What? <laughs> Those what teams happened? at one point in time were good. Now they may right, have but, not. They make point. Yeah, that right. And there's now. other uh, okay, there's other teams in the league as well who's been who has owners just as long, if not longer, that haven't been good. That haven't been good. Is Mike a great uh, a business guy? He's a great business guy. We know that. We know that. Now, does he have an eye for talent? I can't argue with that, Kwame Brown. <laughs> I can't or I can't I can't defend you there, MJ. Uh that was a rough call there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean I get it, but the fact of the matter, you're not gonna say that, you know, his you know, his teams didn't suck. It's just he's just not that guy in that position, in that in that situation. I'm sorry, but MJ, man, but to answer the question, man, I, I think that what you have to do, MJ, is sell, like you guys mentioned, you, know, you kind of times touch on the stock market is you know you buy low you sell high that's what mj does he's a great businessman and he just couldn't get it done you know as an owner and you know he knows when to bow out he knows that you know he has a lot more uh endorsements and a lot of other things that he rather uh, indulge in man you know with the with the way that we talked about the the, the league and you know no defense being played maybe you come out of retirement maybe we, we'll see him in a uniform we don't know but um no nah, uh, i can still get 15 a night yeah I, probably you know if he get 15 a night you know that's, that's saying a lot uh but um yeah uh i, I agree with you though brett uh, you know all jokes aside he's my man and it's hard for me to say you know he you know he failed but i i think he ultimately it, it just wasn't what he thought it would be, um, you know, as far as an owner. So I, I think it's a right move for him. He understands that it's it's not working for him and not working for that organization. So it's the right time to bow out for sure. So I agree. But see, I didn't say – I don't think he failed. I think his team sucked. Well, I mean, I he, he didn't he win a championship. I, I think he won because – In what way? In what way? you just going to say – Of how much money he got. From selling, that's what I said. Yeah, from a business yeah. standpoint. Yeah, from, from a, a business, business standpoint, you absolutely won. So. Yeah, but Mike, but Mike ultimate he goal was he wanted to win. He wanted to ring as a as a as an exec. He wanted to ring as an exec. I think you know that's that's some guy's ultimate goal, man. It's really uh, it's really a big thing for them. And there's really only a handful of teams. Like you can even go back to the '90s. There's not a lot of teams that have won championships. I mean, right? I never Bulls, said Lakers, Celtics, here, here's, here's, Warriors. Here's guys are confusing me. But, I never like, said there's not a lot a of championship. Teams. I never said won a championship. I said at least be an average to a a good team. They no, were never even sucked. an average. Yeah, he did suck. suck. Okay, that's what you said. <laughs> the Hornets so. team sucked. Don't, they they don't made the playoffs once average. or twice, right? Didn't they yeah, make the playoffs once or twice? I mean, I for the last the couple of years, I don't, I don't remember that, so it doesn't matter. All right, let's go. All right, guys, let's move on. Oh, we got to head into break now because if not, I will hold on to this for the entire show. And uh, I don't know if David gets mad or not. It's up to him. But – as we know, is now we're gonna head into break. Jay's gonna take over, but please, um, I did not say this at the beginning of the show, and I should have. Follow us. Um, we are on Spotify. Um, hold on, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, we also have a Twitter now. Sideline Speaks at Sideline Speaks on Twitter. Please 
please follow us, add us, comment, do whatever you like to do. We will respond. And of course, please subscribe, like, and share our YouTube channel at The Sideline Speaks. All right, guys. We will be right back and Jay's going to take over. Yeah, I, I had a little brain moment there. I had a brain moment. I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> but you guys listen to... do that to you. <laughs> you guys listen to The Sideline Speaks with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Jason Collins and Kevin Walker right here on Never Had It So Good Sports and Media Network. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. But we built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. All right, guys, welcome back to the Sideline Speaks. Brittany Jones, Kevin Walker, and Jason Collins. That was a good first segment, Britt. You got you got us fired up <laughs> that, that first segment. That was that was some good stuff. Let's keep it going. We haven't talked about any uh college basketball yet. We're we're right smack dab in the middle of the NCAA tournament. Brackets are busted all over the country. Mine's a mess. Wow. I don't know about you guys. But the nice thing about it is you you kind of can do a redo. This is a perfect time to do a redo. So I want your new final four, or maybe it's the same one you picked last week. I don't know. I know some of the teams I had in are now eliminated, so I had to come up with a new final four. But, K-Walk, how's your bracket looking? And give me your new final four going forward. Yeah, Jay, my, my final four is looking pretty good. I can't say the I can't say the same for the rest of my bracket. But uh, for the most part, um, I, have, uh, I had Alabama, Duke, Houston and UCLA last uh, last week. Uh, okay. This week I, I'm uh, I'm still um, I still have Alabama live, Houston and UCLA. So yep. Duke is out. Uh, so I do have so I replaced them with Kansas State. Okay. Uh, I love Kansas State in the East. I love uh, Marquise Noel, uh, the young, the short guy there, the short uh, guard there. Outstanding handle. Um, very feisty guy, man. Plays on both ends of the court, uh, defense and offense. Um, he's 5'8", man, but he plays a lot taller than that. Uh, Jerome Tang, the coach there, um, has got them, uh, you know, uh, fired up. So I, I like them going into the Final Four and possibly, possibly getting into the uh, the championship game. I'm not quite sure, though, but I do have that. Actually, it's very possible because I, I, I'm not – I'm not too high on Houston and Alabama right now, yeah. but Alabama and and Kansas K State, uh, if they get do get that far, I would face one another. And I, if they do, if that happens, it's a coin flip for me. But I do have uh, everything's remain the same. Just K State replaces Duke from last week. Well, that, that's pretty good, man. Because I think three out of the four teams I had last week are are no longer alive. <laughs> Alabama's the only team that I had that's still in it. But just like you, my new four is exactly like yours, K Walk. I got K State, Alabama, UCLA, and Houston as my okay. new Final Four. I had Memphis in the Final Four. They completely Yo, yeah. disappointed Ooh. me. I think I even threw Miami in my Final Four. They yeah. they could so. 
mine is a complete mess, but I like my new four going forward. I think this four might have a legitimate shot to actually get there. Britt, what's it looking like for you over there? I had Kansas in my final four in trash. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm a son today. I want to use these harsh words. Michael Jordan sucks as ownership. Kansas is trash. It's that time of the year. Spring, spring in the air. Spring, yeah. It starts com- competitive nature comes starts coming back out. No. Um, I had to go with Alabama. You know, right now I don't see a lot of – I know Alabama may be up and down a little bit. I think they'll turn it around. Brandon Miller is going to go off. He's going to go off. And if they show up defensively that like they have been throughout the entire season, they're going to be a very tough out for the rest of the um, – for the rest of the teams. I wish and I wanted to go with Princeton, um, but they have to go through Alabama to get there, and I yeah. don't see them beating out of Alabama, be unfortunately. I do think they have a good chance against, um, was it Creighton? Um, I, I can see Princeton potentially beating Creighton. I think that's a possibility, but Alabama's going to be too tough. I also have Houston and UCLA. Um, these teams are so inconsistent, but (laughs) like the men's side is just so tough this year. Um, Mm -hmm. but I went with Tennessee. Um, I didn't go with Kansas State side, I went with Tennessee versus Kansas State. I I think it's something about them that I like, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Just never know, yeah. And K Walk, you've been preaching that for the last few weeks, just talking about how these teams have been so inconsistent all year long. And we're seeing that play out in the tournament. Yeah. Man. So really anything can happen. <laughs> Who really sure. knows? But we'll sure. kind of see how it plays out this weekend. All right. Let's kind of stay on the basketball talk here, guys. A lot of talk about coaches, Final Four. I want to talk about your Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches. And I got to tell you, my list, guys, <laughs> you're probably going to be surprised because I don't have a lot of the usual suspects on my list. Because Same here. One of the things I've been thinking about is some of these coaches benefit from just coaching the best players. Like if you coach the best players all the time, doesn't mean you're not a great coach. I'm not saying you're not a great coach, but I – to me, great coaching is when you take guys that maybe aren't as talented and then you coach them up. Like, you just coach the best players to a championship. I'm not taking that away from you, but could any could another guy had sat in that seat and did the same thing? So I tried to Jay, pick out some guys that I thought were really great coaches. Go ahead, Britt. Jay, real quick. I know this is not college. So is this something, you saying that, can I finally say that Larry Brown's a better coach than Phil Jackson? I mean, you can make that argument. I think Larry Brown is a great coach. I think he's a great coach. The one thing I will say about Phil Jackson, though, is that Shaq and Kobe didn't win until he got there. And Mike and Scotty, they didn't win until he got there. So he definitely deserves some credit as well. But I I think Larry Brown's one of the best coaches to do it. I really do. Okay, well, if you want to chime in on that one at all. Larry Brown is a coach. Yeah, he's no, uh, Jay. I'm just going to echo. I'm just going to echo what you said, man. Because basically, I was going to say the same exact thing. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything more than that. <laughs> All right, Britt, I'm going to start with you. Give me your, uh, give me your Mount Rushmore college basketball coaches. Not in any particular order, guys. Right. Um, so I also went a different route. And after I say my first one, I'll tell you why. I went with uh, Coach Mike Shishetsky, if I say his last name right. Okay. I had to. 
You know, I'm not a Duke fan whatsoever, but what he did with Duke was just unbelievable. Um, 13 Final Four appearances with five five national championships. I think his record was uh, 1,202 to a, what, to 368. That's ridiculous. Um, As we know, a basketball Hall of Famer, three-time Olympic gold medalist, like he's just a great coach. He understands, you know, he knows how to teach his players the game of basketball and how to play the game properly. And we've seen that time and time again from a lot of his athletes when they come into the NBA. Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum, Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Grant Hill, so forth, so forth, so forth. He does coach so many. I think LeBron, if he would have went to college, I think he was going to go to Duke as well to play for Coach K. And there's a reason behind that. Now, I'm going with a different route with this one. Because most people always just want to go with the men's side and never think about the women's side. So my next one, I went with Coach Pat Summer. Um, 18 final four appearances with eight mm. national championships. Her record was 1,098 to 208. Fantastic women's basketball coach at Tennessee. One of the best. <clears throat> I think she's one of the best coaches, period, men's or women's, period. Um, my next one, I won't take too long because I could go on and on about these guys. Coach Gino for UConn, even better record, 22 final four appearances with 11 national championships. You always talk about winning, like, this is some ridiculous numbers here. Um, three-time Olympic gold medalist as a head coach, uh, eight-time Naismith Coach of the Year. His basketball record is ridiculous. I know some people like you didn't say <coughs> Bohan, you didn't say Roy. Uh, what's what's the name? I can't think of his last name right now. William uh, Williams. Roy Williams. Like I must be out of my mind. But I don't think enough of the women's side head coaches give, give credit. Now this last one is still to be determined. But I went with him because I'm a homer. You're right. I went with her. I think you guys know what I'm saying because she didn't retire yet. Um, I went with Coach Dawn Stelly. I just think her mindset, her recruiting ability, she's just, she's going to be a future great um, coach. She's already a great in my mind. And this one is a little bit out the box. We're going with this one because I know I could have chose a lot of more established, a lot more accomplished head coaches than her. But what she did in this short amount of time with South Carolina and the future of this team, she will be there for as long as she chooses to be, and they will continue to pay her. She's actually the program's all-time winningest coach, and she's only been there for so many years. So four Final Four appearances with two national championships. I know the last one was out the box, but the other three were definitely should be on um, on the coaches, college coaches, Mount Rushmore. I, I'd actually take Staley over Gino, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I look, and I don't want to take anything away from Gino, but I feel like he really, because I mean, all those championships he won, that was like a different era of women's college basketball. Connecticut and Tennessee were like the only two teams that had a chance to win, in my opinion. So, but I digress. I mean, that's a good list. All great coaches. None of them were on my list though. Um, I went with Jim Beheim. Britt, you mentioned him. Uh, I, I know he's only, I think he's only got the one national championship, but I feel like he's a guy that never really had that loaded roster, but always had a competitive, good basketball team. Uh, that that Syracuse famous zone that they play. So I, I went with Jimmy Beheim as one of my top uh, top four guys. I went with Jim Calhoun from Connecticut. Again, probably not a guy that's going to be on everybody's list, but four final fours, three national championships. 
again, a guy who I think can really coach, didn't always benefit from having the best roster, but could really coach. Uh, same thing, Lute Ol- Olson uh, from Arizona. I could say the same thing about him. When he got to Arizona, he completely turned <laughs> that program around. For uh, five Final Fours, one national championship. But again, never had all the elite talent, but was just a really <clears> good <throat> coach. And then the last guy I went with, I know he'll be a little controversial because he's a bit of a jerk, but I went with Bobby Knight. Um, five Final Fours, three national championships. So he, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I certainly don't agree with everything that he's done. But if we're just talking X's and O's, I think you got to have Bobby Knight on your list. So I got Bayheim, Calhoun, Lute Olson, and the great Bobby Knight. K-Walk. Give me that oh, Mount no, Rushmore. Oh, go ahead. Time go out. Ahead. <clears throat> so you don't get no, not your Mount Rushmore. You don't think Pat Summit is one of the best head coaches in college basketball? You plug in. The reason I don't is because why? Because she had Candace Parker. No, only because <laughs> that era of women's college basketball, like Tennessee and UConn, had all the best players, and the the, the, the players on the other teams <laughs> just weren't as developed. So. It was is just going to be. It was a two. As a head coach, it was a two team. Well, I'm not saying. I'm not that's saying because that she's, they're that good. Of a I'm head not saying coach. she's not a great coach. I'm just saying when you have the best players, you should win. That's all I'm saying. And I feel like Gino and Pat really benefited from a time where women's college basketball was not competitive. Like Gino hasn't won much <laughs> lately. I know so. I think they're good coaches. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not good coaches. I just don't. He like, hasn't won, but his team's been in the finals last yeah, year. But I make it there this year without their best player. I guess. I guess my point is like when the playing field is even. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Where are the adjustments? Where is that crucial play call? Like mm-hmm. I thought, Gino was a huge letdown last year, and against South Carolina, I didn't think he coached the team well at all. But again, I'm not saying they're not good. I just think they benefited from having great players at a time when women's college basketball was not competitive. But also, you got to think about it's a coach's job to also coach them up to be better. Those players weren't those players when they got there. They were good talent. He had good talent. But they were not those players. I mean, outside of like a Candace Parker, like the exceptional ones, but all those players <clears throat> on his team that he coached were not those players. He has to know. coach them up. I mean, so, I think he's good. Don't I think get me he's wrong. Better coach than, than a couple of guys that you said on your I list. Because if you have like Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Rebecca Lobo, Maya Moore, like if I if you have all the best players and then you're playing against a bunch of girls that aren't like UConn would be beat people like a hundred to twenty-five sometimes. Like it just wasn't competitive. So you still need a me, coach to bridge that know. talent together and have that chemistry. I just you feel like a lot of coaches on the court and have them play. I just think a lot of Sorry. coaches could have won with that roster. I don't I, I don't think and he then, did anything special to And win. then some of those players weren't WNBA uh uh uh, prospects until they got to them. There's a reason why they decided. To I don't know if that's true though, because Tennessee at that or, time, or South Carolina, at that time, all the best players were going to <clears throat> UConn or Tennessee. Like there wasn't a Louisville, a Notre Dame, a stamp. Like those other teams didn't have the talent. Now the talent is there's now there's more talented players and it's more spread out. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a bad <clears throat> coach. 
I just think when you have the best players, it's easier to win. Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah, I mean, I I I went with the traditional guys. I, mean, I think uh, one of the thing best uh, one of the things about being a, a great coach is being a great recruiter. So I think you have to factor that into it. You know, if you know if you get uh, player after player, I don't want to say guy after guy or girl after girl, but player after player, um, best players they they, they develop a, um, a, a a reputation to being not just a great recruiter but a great coach too. Because you if you go there, if you see okay, well. To, to use some of your guy, your your uh, players' names, uh, Jay Suber, Diana Tarasi, um, the list, Candace Parker. Um, the list goes on and on. Oh, she went there, so he must be good. What, what did you hear about? You know what? You know Gino or Pat Summit, whatever the case may be, or some of the guys that I might, I'm I'm going to mention in a minute. Um, I think think that's a part of it. I think uh, recruiting and coaching all coming together, all coming together. I, I mentioned earlier, it's like one thing to get something; it's another thing to maintain it. So if you contain maintain that reputation, then you become a great coach. And then regardless of who you're coaching, uh, whether they're a great player or average player or a below average player. But that's just my opinion on that, on your you guys' little debate there, if you will. Um, so with that being said, um, I'm going to go with uh, – I. Um, uh, honorable mention. I had Bob Knight, uh, Jay. I did have Bob Knight as my honorable mention. He, he, I, he was teeter. I was teetering with him as far as getting in. But my my Mount Rushmore, and I went with strictly men's here, ladies and gentlemen. So don't 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 uh, don't look for me on the street because I didn't add any because I thought it was a strictly men's, and I apologize for that. But nonetheless, I went with Dean Smith. I went with Dean Smith for the University of North Carolina, uh, 879 wins, uh, two titles, 11 Final Four appearances um, as well. Uh, I went with uh, Coach K, uh, Britt. I went with Coach K. Coach K has five titles. Everything that Britt mentioned, five titles, 13 Final Fours, um, 15 ACC champion, I mean, tournament championships. That's saying a lot because back in the day when Coach K was playing, that those ACC teams were serious, man. They were really, really serious. Um, and then uh, I went with um, Roy Williams. Oh, my man, Roy Williams. I know I'm going to sound like a homer, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm a Tar Heel fan. But uh, Roy Williams, when he got you – know, look at everything that he did with, uh, with with Kansas. And then when he got to – when he got um, – came home, if you will, because he is a Tar Heel uh, at heart. Um, 903 wins, three national championships, nine Final Four appearances as well, um, and uh, six conference championships, best between – uh Kansas Kansas and uh and North Carolina and I think the one guy that we we got a I don't know how anybody uh, uh, misses this guy, but the guy that uh, the award is named after is John Wooden. <laughs> why, why not? Why not put John Wooden on the uh, the Mount Rushmore? Ten championships, twelve Final Fours, uh, fifteen Pac-12 championships. I mean, we we, we all know we you mentioned the, the guys that he played with. You know, we had you know Bill Walton, you know Lou Alcinda at the time, um, also known right now as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So um, so I went with John Wooden, Coach K. Uh, Dean Smith and Roy Williams on, on the Mount Rushmore with the Bob Bob Knight on the outside looking in. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good list, man. You got you got a lot of the uh, traditional power. And I'm going guys. with that. I'm staying yeah. with that. I'm yeah, staying. you get yeah. That, that's you, you <laughs> that's got, the reason you why got those guys for sure. Um, no, no, John Calipari. Anyone? Calipari, nah, nah. He didn't. Yeah. I, what he what he win one. I think he's got one. one. I'm not two, impressed no, with him. I, I think nah, he's not, he's nah. one of the most overhyped coaches, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not super impressed. Um, mm -hmm. real quick, I know I didn't mention this, but Rick Patino, he just got hired as St. John's like coach. I like that. A six-year deal. He's gonna yeah. be 71 yeah. 
when the season kicks off, what'd you think of that hiring K Walk? Yeah, as a local guy, we love it here. We love it here in New York, man. Um, uh, what are they called? Red Storm now. I can't call them the other name, um, you know, uh, political reasons or, uh, you know, uh, for those particular terms. Um, I like it, Jay. As soon as I saw it, uh, I was like, oh, this is a good move for him. I know he was what, I- Iona, and he got them into the uh, into the tournament. So I think he's going to do big things for, uh, for St. John's, and I think you're going to see them make some noise. And they'll be in a tournament uh, this year or next year for sure. So I uh, love it uh, for the Johnnies. Britt, what do you think about Patino? No, I think he'll he'll do well for him. Um, he's a good coach. I always thought he was a good coach. Now, other reasons for whatever else outside of basketball is no, is no not any of my worries. Yeah. Um, but no, I think he'll help to turn that program around and, and they'll be back in the running soon. Yeah, I think it's a good hire. I saw him talks like someone on ESPN was asking him like, "You're you're going to be 71, six year deal? Why?" And he was just like, "Listen." I can't live without basketball. Same he thing. was he right. was just he said it's a part of my life. I'm unhappy if I'm yeah. not doing it. So I can he said I cannot live without basketball. Yeah. So when you got a guy like that, I don't think it matters how old he is. Like that's what he wants to do. He's probably gonna do it till the day that he dies. So that was I'm like glad Joe Paterno, yeah, of yeah. Same yeah. thing. It's just that man was 90 something years old. You know, you just and, and coaching can do that to you too. Like it, it has an addictive quality uh-huh. for sure. But yeah, I mean, there's some guys that are just lifers. That's all they want to do. They don't even think about retiring. Um, all right, let's move on, guys. Let's talk about Cam Newton real quick. Because K. Walk, you you texted it last night that he he threw today. I think it was at mm-hmm. Auburn's pro day. He's trying to kind of revive his career, maybe make a little bit of a comeback here. Uh, Britt, what do you what do you think about Cam Newton trying to uh, restart the engine and get back in the NFL? How old is Cam Newton? I don't think he's that old, right? What is he? Uh, 31, 30. 32, maybe? No, he's older than that. Is That's he? 33, 34, maybe? Let me look it up real quick. Mm-hmm. Might be 35. He's oh 33. 33. 33. Okay. 33. Yeah, I figured he's a little older than that. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I just I'm so old to Cam Newton train it now. Like it's it's just long gone. He's not the same player he once was, guys. He he clearly is not. I know he tried to go back to the uh Carolina Panthers what, a few years ago. It just didn't work out. He doesn't even look the same. Um, and when I mean look the same, his play, you know, and it's just like you're struggling there a little bit. So I think just hang it up work on some other things. I'm hoping my cat does not knock down any of my stuff. Okay. <laughs> we good. We good. <laughs> um, so I think it's Cam time fan. to Cam fan. <laughs> right. I love I love Cam Newton. You know, I always was a huge fan of his. I always had respect for him, especially when he played at Auburn. But it's time to hang it up. I think it's time to hang it up. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he can play anymore. <laughs> I just think when you never really develop yourself as an elite passer, your career is going to be shorter because at some yeah. point the running, the physicality of your game, like you're just not going to be able to do that into your thirties. <laughs> you got to have a curveball. You got to have something else you can go to. And I just don't know that he ever really developed his passing game enough to hang around late in his career. But K walk would say you. 
Yeah, this was going to be my rant, guys, to be oh, honest with oh. you. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. We can, we can get it right here right now because, um, uh, yeah, you know what, Cam, man? I, I love Cam, man. I, I love Cam. Um, he's going to look good, you know, you know, throwing against air, throwing to receivers, you know, with no one's guarding him. He's, oh, that's always going to look pretty. We always see that's, you know, with the combine and, you know, as they call it, the uh, the underwear Olympics. But, you know, Cam's, uh, you know, Cam's last performance or his, you know, his last outing in Carolina, like Britt mentioned. I mean, we talked about it, um, you know, you know, as far as Tom Brady, he's skipping rocks out there. But he was skipping rocks, you know, throwing to the outside. It's so hard to throw. Cam's skipping rocks on slant routes. So we're talking about six, seven routes, six, seven yard routes, man. You're skipping rocks there. Cam, you know what? You're my guy, man. You know, I love you. You know, we started at the University of Florida, go Gators. And, you know, you wind up in Auburn. If you would stay that one more year, we don't want a national championship. That's a topic for another day. But yeah, Cam, man, I, I get it, man. You come out and you say that there's 32 other quarterbacks. Uh, there's 32 core. There's not 32 quarterbacks better than you. I say that they are. I say that they are. <laughs> yeah, I really wholeheartedly believe that, brother, because you're not getting a starting position. I mean, a starting spot in the league. You can go on down to from number one to number 32, and I and I can guarantee you that you're not better than that 32 guy, that 32nd guy uh, by any stretch, man. I mean, your arm is weak. I know you took a year off. Um, you're feeling good about yourself. You know, you're you're back, but you know. In the beginning of the season, you're going to look good. You'll probably look better than you than a lot of people give you credit for. But as the as the season progresses, and as that year starts to take on take uh, you know take you know take uh take on that toll of that day that that day to day routine, you know you going against the guys on on a, on a daily basis or a weekly basis, it's going to catch up to you, bro. So it's just no this this notice, Cam man. I get your competitive nature, man. We get it. I love it, man. I, you know, when you started, I love, I was sipping that they called it Cammy Cam juice. I was sipping the Cammy Cam juice. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. It's diluted now, brother. The Cammy Cam juice is diluted. So let it go, brother. And uh, just go out there and uh, and look for your next endeavors, man. And be successful in your next endeavors. But your NFL career is over, bro. Yeah, it's time to let it go. He's got to let it go, man. Good stuff, K Walk. All right, let's um let's talk a little bit of NBA. Then then we got to wrap this thing up and get out of here. Um, the Denver Nuggets, guys. I think last week we were talking about our our top two teams. And I don't know. I don't think any of us had the Nuggets as a top two team. I think we kind of all agreed, if I remember correctly, that. They were maybe overrated. We didn't really think this was a team that could win a championship. But looking at them, guys, I, I went back and took a second look. Are, are we are we overlooking this team? They got the Joker, right? We know Jamal Murray is a very, very good player. And if Porter Jr. can stay healthy, I mean, that gives them three really, really good players. That gives them a, a decent or, or better than decent big three, in my opinion. Britt, are we overlooking the Nuggets? Can they be a real contender? Your cat they, says yes. Oreo, <laughs> <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> uh, um, look, maybe this year, I think, because of their position, they'll get out of the first round. I just feel like they come up against the Warriors. We talked about how to, we feel about the Warriors. The Warriors are in a situation where it's like, ah. Eh, been there, done that type of thing. Let's just get to the playoffs and go from there, right? Um, Grizzlies, I'm not really sure about the Grizzlies, so maybe they could replace the Grizzlies only because John Morant, I don't know what's going on with him. We don't know if he's going to be playing or not. 
Yeah. Um, they can't seem to get it together. I know the Suns are struggling a little bit right now, but I think they'll figure it out by the time the playoffs start. Um, and it's just too much if they play the Suns. It's just too much to, to deal with. Um, and I'm missing the team over there. I know I'm missing them. Um, I see them getting past the first round this year. I just don't see them going any further. I, I don't. Okay. Like, we've seen this before. Um, look, Michael Porter Jr. is great, but just the same thing as you mentioned, health with him, same thing with Jamal Murray. It's always a health issue, you know? And I just feel like as talented as Jamal Murray is, I don't know if he's still the same player that he once was. Remember, he was supposed to be rising yeah. and be the, be the star of this team. Yep. He is no longer the – Jokic is now the star. He's more that second-in-line type of uh, uh, player now on the team. I love Bruce Brown. I love what he did for the Nets. I like what he's doing for Denver coming off the – I think he comes off the bench. Um, Contavious Caldwell Pope. I like Aaron Gordon. I just don't – as much talent as they have on this team, I just think when it comes down to the playoffs, I just don't think it's going to work. I, I don't. And I feel like primary might be – they are much better defensively as a team. It's just something doesn't click in the playoffs for them. When things slow down – you know, those lanes get tighter. It's not as easier for Jokic to find those lanes like it is in the regular season. I literally see them as the Dan Marino, this, like the Miami Dolphins Dan Marino of the NBA. Great okay. regular season team, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that. It really so I, is. I, they, they have to show me something. got to show me something a little bit more, and I just haven't seen it yet. So we'll, we'll see. It, playoffs is a different mindset. So yeah. we'll see what happens. They yeah. may change my mind. Okay, well, I'm I'm starting to have a little bit of change of heart about this team that maybe they can make some noise. What do you think? Yeah, Britt, you know, and Britt kind of mentioned that Dan Marino, man, don't don't do that to my man. That's my man. <laughs> right? It's a raw rap. And just like Dan, Dan Marino. Marino, no, no, I know, I but just Dan like that. Right, but just like Dan Marino, it's just like the Denver Nuggets. He didn't have a defense, so the Denver Nuggets don't have a defense. So I, I you mentioned, I, every, I agree with everything that you 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 mentioned, and all the players that you mentioned, Britt, on the from the offensive side of the court. But the defensive side of the court, that's where I have a problem with the Denver Nuggets. Is they don't they don't do that. They don't extend both. Uh, they don't ex, um, uh, uh, exuberate their 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 energy on. Um, on the on the defensive side of the ball, they still they look to outscore you. They don't look to stop. We we mentioned that earlier is that this day and age is there's no defense being played in the NBA right now. Rarely a few teams, a few players, but yeah. Um, Jay, I watched this team the other day against the New York Knicks, and a team like that, a hungry team like the New York Knicks, will will uh, can beat them. Um, you know, four games out of seven, or three games out of five, whatever the number is, or whatever the series is. And I, I, I see a couple teams in in the uh, in the West that can you know do the same thing. Um, I would mention last that we don't, I mentioned last week that they're the most overrated team in my opinion, and I mentioned that the Knicks were the most underrated team. And I think that when we we're starting to see when they're playing a hungry team, they can't really play with these teams, especially just as, as talented as the uh, the Knicks are. If you play a talented team like the Kings, we mentioned it. Uh, the Kings are. I know yeah. we're going to get into the Kings, yeah. but the, the Kings are a team you got to watch out for. Um, the Suns, when KD gets back, you got to watch out for them um, a, as well. And whenever the Warriors decide to wake up, I'll watch out for them as well. So with all that being said, I'm I'm just not impressed right now with the Denver Nuggets. Can they turn it on when it matters? Hmm. 
it remains to be seen. But as of right now, from what I'm seeing, um, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them getting past the second round. Uh, the, in my opinion, Jay, okay. I'll say this: Look, they got a game against the Sixers, right? Coming up, Jokic versus Joel Embiid. Let me see how this team plays against the Sixers. Um, if the Sixers want to play well that game, <laughs> they've been playing well. But let's see yeah. what happens if they could be look look a little bit more dominant. This is not a dominant type of team. This is more of a finesse type of team. And in the playoffs, I think you just need pure dominance. I think they have a they may have a game against the Bucks as well. I might be wrong on that. I have to look at their schedule again. Um, I just like along with K, K Walk said defense is a big I know their defense is much better. You look at it statistically, I think they're in the top 10 or something crazy like that. It's not hard um, to beat though. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's not. Playoffs, it changes. And who's defending in the post? Jokic not playing defense in the post against a top DeAndre Ayton. He's DeAndre Ayton's like, and he's still a young guy. So, and then we get to guys. Luckily, Joel's not over there, so you definitely not going to stop him in the post. So I think that's just a big factor, and they they have to work on that. They got to get better yeah. at that. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I, I was trying to make a case for him, but the more you guys talked, the more I think I agree. Uh, the pace of play in the playoffs, I, I think you're right. I think their defense will definitely be their Achilles heel. So I agree. I think maybe they'll win the first round depending on what that matchup is. But you're right. I don't I don't think they get out of the second round. The NBA does a, such a good job, though, guys, of always ha- of marketing their players. I think they do that better than any of the other leagues in sports. You know, we went from Magic and Bird to Mike to Kobe to LeBron. Who do you guys think is going to be that next face of the league, if you will? Like, who's that young player that's going to be the next guy to sort of carry the torch as as LeBron fades off? Who picks up the torch and runs with it, K-Walk? Who's the new face or who will be the new face of the NBA? This was hard for me. Nobody really jumped out. I mean, and we should probably mention Steph, too, because I feel like he and LeBron have kind of shared that over the last several years. But when they fade, who who do you think picks up that torch, K-Walk? I, about five weeks ago, four weeks ago, I would say John Morant, but that's not definitely <laughs> yeah. not the issue there. Uh, so let's let's throw that out the window. Um, can I can I say this guy? I don't know if he's young enough for me to say this guy, but Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid right now is playing some of the best all around basketball that I've seen in quite some time. And I'm not, I'm not bigging you up. I'm not trying to make you smile, Brit. but it, it's just, it's what it is. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Not John Morant, whoever that is. G girl, G girl. Yeah. Definitely not, not John Morant. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to go with, um, I have to, uh, is he young enough? Can I say, can I, can I say? He's going to be around for a while, right? 28. He's like 28, okay. 29. Yeah, he'll be around. He'll be around. Right, so, yeah. I really want to say him because as much as I dislike the Sixers, I I really like Joel Embiid's game. I really do, man. I mean, I, sorry, Britt, I, I am. I'm not, I'm a call. We're not even school. rivals. Of um, like, I don't understand that. Oh, okay, uh, we are, but I'm, I just don't like Philly. No, we're not. Uh, well, I just don't like the, the Philly fans. Um, how about that? <laughs> Call this paper. Uh, y'all could come at me. It's not like the first time. But, um, yeah, no, I, I really like Joel Embiid, man. I mean, he the other night, what do he have? 37 points. 
I think what 13 to 16 rebounds, three blocks. Um, and he does it on a consistent basis, man. I just don't understand why he doesn't get enough of it. So since we're teetering, I'm going to say he's that guy for me, Jay. Okay. Um, to be honest with you. So I'm going to say Joel Embiid. Is there a younger guy out there? Maybe Giannis. You could put Giannis in that yeah, argument maybe as Giannis. well. I, I, if, if Joel Embiid, ladies and gentlemen, is too old for you, as far as being the face of the NBA going going on, I'll go with uh, Giannis. I get Giannis is definitely younger, and he's definitely just as talented as Joel Embiid. So, uh, Joel Embiid with a close Giannis. Okay, Britt, who okay. you got? Okay, um, this one was actually harder. I know a lot of people say Luca. Um, I think he's a runner up. <laughs> Definitely think he's a runner up. Um, what he's doing for that's amazing. Um, Bum Simmons. Bum Simmons. I think uh, people forget about Jason Tatum. I know he's a quiet guy. Jason Tatum's only twenty four years old. Only twenty. It, why does it feel like? Feels like it's funny because yeah. it feels yeah. like he's been in this league for about ten years, and he's yeah. only about twenty four years old. Um, and that's fine. Most young guys around that aren't the most consistent. John Morant. Right now, it's not the most consistent. Sage Gilgis Alexander is not the most consistent. Um, but I think when you're talking about just pure talent offensively and defensively, what he did to Kevin Durant, that sticks out in a lot of people's mind. That was just last year. He has that ability. Like once he learns, remember, he didn't he hasn't even hit his prime yet. And that's the crazy part about Jason Tatum. Once he really learns and understands his true skill set um and the levels he can reach this i thought my cat was trying to play with me right now <laughs> this this kid is going to be unbelievable unbelievable and i can honestly say and the way he carries himself guys he doesn't he's not boisterous he doesn't get himself in trouble he's he's basically real low key with a level head and that's what you want in a young uh in a young star that's potentially going to be the face of the NBA. Yeah. I know there may be some other guys out there, but I just don't think they're developed just yet. So I'm going to go with Jason Tatum for right now. Yeah, I, I like that one. It, it is hard, though, because none of these guys, to me, like really jump out. Like I feel like a mm -hmm. lot of the guys that came before them were obvious picks. Yeah. I don't know that any of these guys really jump out. Like I like I like the Embiid when 2K walk, but I guess my question would be like, does he move the needle? Like is Embiid in Pointment TV? Like when Mike was, was like, oh, Mike's playing. I, I gotta watch yeah. the game. I Magic get you. and I Bird. Get you. Uh Kobe's on. I gotta watch. You know, like mm -hmm. does Joel move the needle in that? Like, I think he's a great, great player, but is Joel Embiid in appointment TV? Like, do you stop what you're doing to say, oh, Joel's playing? I gotta watch. Like for me, I, that's probably a no. Uh, that's my only thing with Embiid. I don't know that he's going to move the needle in, in, in the way that you kind of need a face of your league to move the needle. But I don't know. Maybe there's maybe it's someone that we're not thinking of. I don't know. Go ahead. But, may, but how many players, by the way, uh, uh, said Joel so underrated, which I actually probably agree with a little bit. Um, how many players do we sit and say that nowadays? Oh, so so point. Let me watch it. I don't really, you don't really do that too much anymore with any players. I I think um, for me, like I I feel like Steph still moves the needle. Like if Steph's playing, I, I kind of want to see it. But you're KD, right. I don't think there's KD, a lot of KD for me. Healthy. KD mm -hmm. for me moves the needle for sure. Mm -hmm. It's not but, the same as when Kobe's playing. Oh my goodness. No, uh, no, definitely not. Mike's no, playing. It's not AI's same. playing. 
You're Vince right. playing, you know, Tracy McGrady's playing. Like, it's not the same. So yeah, it's not. If a it's game not. is on, now we most look at the team matchups. If it's the Suns versus the Celtics, they're like, oh, okay, I got to watch that. Well, but that's, that's different, yeah, from the, the team players. standpoint. Yeah. It's more from the team standpoint. Yeah. yeah. So maybe there, maybe it'll be – yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the NBA does because they've done such a great job over the years of having those marketable stars. It's just going to be interesting to see – if there is a, a someone that's going to like step forward and kind of become the face of the league. All right, guys, Britt, did you, did you come up with a rant or no? Cause I, I'm still rantless. K walk already did his, you yes. got one or do you just want to do who's balling and get out of here? Uh, well, here I got one since the, the world baseball classic is on. looks like the USA is down three to one. They better get it together. Come on now, get it together. All them high power stars on that team. I know Trey Turner was, Knocking the balls out the other day out of the park. Make sure I said that right. I said it right. <laughs> <laughs> knocking the balls out of the park the other day. Come on now, Mike Trout about to get struck out. So we got to get that together. Let's let's get it together. You should be you should be Japan. Come on, yeah, Japan, Japan got some great talent. Yeah, they came to you play. Beat them. They yes, came they to did. play. So that's my rant. All right. that hey, that counts. That counts. <laughs> hey, question. Hey, question for you guys before you get in your rant. Because I, I, I texted you guys yesterday, uh, last night. Oh, that's about right. a question that I have for okay, you guys. And I want to ask you. I meant to. I meant to do it when we were on the uh, the uh, college uh, college basketball segment. Let me ask you this: Did the uh, the men's basketball they travel from region to region? You know, yep. they go region to region. Now, with well, the women's, they actually play on the the, the top seeded or the higher seed. They actually play at their home. Uh, yeah. Their home stadium. Let me ask you this: or the home court, which do you guys prefer? Um, do you prefer seeing guys go from you know playing in a region, or do you want to see them playing on a home, uh, a, their own home court, meaning the highest seed? Jay, I'll start with you on this. That's a great question, man. Because I was just thinking <laughs> about, like, I think from a competitive standpoint, it's definitely an advantage if you get to play yeah. at home. I mean, you got yeah. the home crowd behind <laughs> you. So in the women's tournament, when you're playing at home, there is definitely an advantage built in i think k well it but it does bring some more a little bit more excitement too because those mm -hmm, women's yeah. games like the yep. crowd is packed in <laughs> where some of the regional games you might not get the the travel right um but i think if you're holding me down and i have to pick i think i'm gonna say regional just because i feel like it levels the playing field and, and okay. the tournament is supposed to be like a new season yeah. so right. i feel like kind of leveling that playing field is, is maybe a little bit more fair, but I get why they do it in the women's tournament because they probably just don't know if what the fan turnout's going to be like right. if they move it all over the country. So, but I think I'm going to say I prefer the regions if, if I had to choose. All right. Good stuff. Britt, what say you? <clears throat> I'm hoping my computer doesn't freeze. I know it just froze two seconds ago. Um, oh. I'm going with the home court. You know, we play hard. We worked our tails off. We deserve to get home court. You know, um, if you think about it, though, women's basketball is closely related to the WNBA and NBA, even with the quarters. Men's is still on half, two halves. <laughs> so, and and it's probably to what Jay alluded, alluded to. They're not sure what the turnout will be, but I think college basketball is a lot different than um the WNBA, there's still going to be a high turnout for, for college basketball, for sure. Um, but no, if I play hard and we won all these games, I want to be on home court. I want to hear my fans 
just because your team sucked during the course of the year. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> during the course of the year and got a worse record than us, I don't care. Forget that whole playing level, playing field. We deserve home court. We worked our tails off. We're the better team. Come to my house. Let's see what you got. All right, good stuff there, man. Uh, you know what? There's your rants right there, ladies and gentlemen. There are their rants. They didn't have rants. I, I gave them the rants tonight. But yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Britt. I'm going to agree with Jay on this one. I, I like the I, I like the neutral court. I think that um, that's what it's about. Like Jay mentioned, uh, alluded to, it's a new season. Um, if your fan base is as good as you know, as loyal as you know, you you, you expect them to be. They'll travel, you know, they'll travel. If you win, you stay in that same, you know, that same, that, that location. So I'm going, I'm going to say, I, I like the regional uh, more than the, the, uh, the home court. I just think it's, it's a new season, like Jay mentioned, and it just brings a lot more excitement there. And then you get other fans in there as well. I, um, and you can see certain fans that, you know, when they're, they're waiting for their team to play, they get to watch another game yeah. or, or two games or three games before that. So I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. So you get, cause you're getting your money's worth. Uh, to say the least. So I'm, I'm going to go with the, the regional coverage, but uh, back to you. That's, that's that's what every every losing team wants. They want the... the, the I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but you know what the funny thing is, like some of these, is it lower or higher seeder teams? I don't know how you look at it, but mm-hmm. Some of them actually have good records. It's not like they're yeah. bad. Yeah. Like some of them yeah. are only five and six lost teams, but because of the they conference, just don't play in that they conference play in exactly. or whatever, they end exactly. up being a 12 or 13 seed, but they actually have had good seasons. And that's another reason why, because, because the seeding is subjective, I think mm-hmm. playing on a neutral site just makes it a little bit more fair. But I I, I see it both ways. And actually, okay. I, I when, do enjoy when the, NFL, the crowd. When the NFL does it, let's see how y'all feel. Oh, no, that's a different animal. That's a different <laughs> Yeah, it's a different <laughs> animal. Because yeah, everybody animal, plays yeah. each other. So <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit of a different animal. Yeah, okay. All right. let's, see, let's see how y'all feel. I know let's do who's balling. And let's get out of here because it's 9 o'clock. And I know Britt's got to get pressure. to bed soon. So, um. <laughs> what? No, I'm good. I'm, I got used to that. Uh, Brett. Yeah, I try. I tried to turn okay, it around. Turn away from that's, I tried. I tried you, to turn, I know. I know. I tried to turn it around on you a little bit there, Brit. But no, you're right. It's it's getting late. It's getting late early, guys. All right. Every week we want to shout out somebody who's been absolutely balling, team player, coach, whoever, whatever you want to shout out. Just somebody who's been getting it done. Okay, well, I have a feeling that you and I are going to say the same thing. So I'm gonna uh, let Brick go first. And then okay. I'm gonna go second. <laughs> I'm gonna save you know, for last, K-Walk. Okay. But Britt, right. who you got this week? Who's balling? Um, I thought about Julius Randle because I know he played lights out. Um, but that is March Madness, so I got to give it to my my young men or women in March Madness. They're playing hard right now. So we talked about her earlier, guys. LSU's forward Andrew Reese. Um, the second round, she played lights the heck out. Um, 25 points, 24 rebounds. I think she tied the record with the 24 rebounds, um, most in NCAA history. Um, four assists in, during the tournament. During the tournament, four assists, three steals, six blocks, and a 66-42 LSU victory over Michigan to advance to the Sweet 16. Homegirl was balling, but then I got an honorable mention as well. I'm a shout out Trey Turner. Of the USA World World uh, W, sorry, for the USA World Baseball Classic, that Grand Slam, whoo, 
That was a couple games ago, and then the last game he hit a couple home runs. Keep balling. Make sure you ball like that in Philly. Okay. Good stuff. Okay. Good stuff there, Britt. Yeah, um, when you mentioned Julius Randle, I actually got mad the other day when he scored 57 points. I was mad <laughs> because I'm like, Julius Randle should not score 57 <laughs> points in an NBA game. I'm not saying he's he's a good player, but 57 for Randle just shows you the state of the defense in the, in the NBA. Like, he should I'm not pretty, be scoring 57 I'm points. I'm pretty sure he could have did that in the 90s, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, K-Walk. I, I feel like we maybe, I don't know. So I got the University of Miami women's basketball team. They came up with that big win last night, upsetting number one seed Indiana. Uh, close game. Great game. We were texting back and forth about it. Uh, but Miami women's basketball, absolutely balling. Who you got, K-Walk? Yeah, I didn't have them. Jay, oh, good, but I, good, they, good. They, they, they hurt me there, though. They hurt <laughs> me because I had Indiana in my final four on the women's side. Uh, but they did uh, hurt me there. But I'm going to go since I'm in New York and I'm in a tri-state area. I'm going to go with the local team here. And that's the Princeton Tigers. Uh, the Princeton Tigers went out. And they upset the number two seed in the first round, uh, Arizona, uh, 59-55. Uh, then they came back the, the, a couple days later, and they uh, they wound up beating Missouri, the seventh seed there. Princeton Tigers, local fans, local news here, guys, is going crazy. Last year was St. Peter's. I don't know if you guys remember yeah. that. It's a, yeah. uh, but now this year, it's, it's, it's uh, Princeton. So, uh, Britt, I know. It's a little north of you, but still in New Jersey nonetheless. So uh, we're going with the Princeton Tigers. They have absolutely been balling, and they got number six seed Creighton uh, this week uh, as well. So uh, go Princeton Tigers. Yeah, good call. Good call there for sure. All right, guys, good stuff. Good night. That was fun. Britt, let the people know where they can find you and if there's anything <laughs> you're looking forward to this week. Um. I mean, what can I say? It's Sweet 16, Final Four time. So it's, it's time. It's, it's, it's let's go. Can't mess up now. So my, for my females, Gamecocks all the way. That's who I'm rooting for. And Dawn Stelly, let's get it. So that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's primary. Um, NBA, I know that's starting to dwindle down, coming into the playoffs for that one. But you guys could find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Brittany Monique. And again, I'll we also have a um, Twitter at Sideline Speaks for the show. So please, please follow us on Twitter. All right. Good stuff, Britt. Yeah, I'm with you. Looking forward to the basketball uh, that's going to kick back up on Thursday, the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's pretty much all I've been watching. So I'm going I'm going to stick with that. Uh, this upcoming week and weekend. You guys can find me at Jason Talk Sports, uh, Twitter. TikTok and Instagram at Jason Talk Sports. K Walk. Yeah, I'm right along with you guys. You know, the, the end of March Madness here, man, the second week here. Um, I'm going to give a, uh, a shout out to the Villanova, uh, Lady Villanova Wildcats here, man. Mm -hmm. I, I They're my dark horse to, uh, to, to get to the national championship. And maybe, maybe they can upset those game costs. I'm not saying they will, but watch out for those Villanova uh, Wildcats uh, for sure. Uh, so, uh, and, and and I know I said earlier, I'm not a Philly guy. I'm not a Philly fan, but the Villanova has been impressing me for sure. So, uh, so go late, go lady, uh, Wildcats there. Um, no, you can find no, me no, on, no, no, stay your butt. No, 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 no. Stay no, right no. there like and yeah. wherever team you got. We don't, we don't need your, we don't need your support. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, I got you. I know you missed. <laughs> 
But uh, you can catch me on Instagram, uh, Kevin.Walker142, Twitter, at KevinWalker142, and Facebook, Kevin Walker. And tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch me. We got uh, Saturday, uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at Sports Talk with Kay Walker and E. Scott. Go to those uh, those those um, social media uh, platforms I just mentioned. The link will be there for you guys to listen. Call in and chime in as well. Very entertaining show for sure. Um, and that's what I'll have for, for, for night, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Good stuff. Okay. Well, all right, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. Please hit that subscribe button, share it, like it. Uh, we're just really trying to, to grow this channel. Like we said, it's a labor of love. It's a slow burn, but, but we're trying to get there. So anything you can do to help us out, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, we are now on Twitter as Britt mentioned, is it sideline speaks Britt or the sideline speaks at sideline speaks at sideline speaks on Twitter and we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So you can pretty much find us any and everywhere. We'll be back here live next Tuesday at 7 p.m. For Brittany Jones and Kevin Walker, I'm Jason Collins, and we'll see you next time. Still singing Deion Sanders over Jerry Rice. Just Me kidding. too. I'm with you there, Britt. That's about all I was with you with all night. <laughs> You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports.